This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy. Uh, I am joined by, I'm I'm safe to say, one of my biggest guests so far. Uh, He is the blood tourist. He is your mother's favourite wrestler. He is Luke King Sharp. How you doing? How you doing, Billy? It's a pleasure to be here, mate. I I am so excited. For anyone that's followed uh, my my Twitter stuff, um, if if there's a time to praise a wrestler, usually your name pops up when when I'm doing it. (laughs) I appreciate it, mate. Thank you very Um, much. So before we, we go to the fun stuff, um, as, as I said to you before we recorded, I have so many notes because <laughs> I'm just fascinated by, by your career and everything, um, but we'll get into it. How did you get into pro wrestling? Um, in terms of like watching it, um, the, first, the first ever wrestling I actually seen was, um, was ECW. Um, it was Monk. Monk was a big wrestling fan, so obviously most folk have seen like... You know, I mean, John Cena and Sky One or whatever. But um, my first sort of exposure to wrestling was—I remember it vividly as well. Um, I can't—I can't remember exactly what show it was, but I just remember Sabu like putting himself through a table. Um, that was like the first sort of the first thing I'd ever seen in wrestling. Um, and obviously straight away that sort of drew me in with the madness. Um, of course, I started watching WWE as well. Um, when Monko sort of realised that um that I liked wrestling from how I was kind of reacting to that. Um. You know, he introduced me a lot more to WWE. Um, obviously, took a lot of inspiration for guys like um, Rey Mysterio and stuff at a young age. Um, a lot of smaller guys. Um, and right about the time I started watching it, there was there was a really good like cruiserweight division. Um, SmackDown was the kind of main show that I watched. So I, I got to see a lot of sort of world class cruiserweights. Um, and in terms of how, how I got into um, wrestling, like as a business, um, I started trading. Um, in Barhead when I was about 12, I think, about, yeah, about 12, um, and I, I, I just loved it. Um, I was already aware of, like, the British scene. Um, I used to go, like, to different sort of British indie shows um, whenever whenever I got the chance um, with, 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 my, with my same uncle. Um, so I knew, I knew that there was schools and stuff, and just as soon as, as soon as I got the chance, as soon as I was old enough to go, I went um, and just sort of threw myself into it head first. Uh, so the first, well, the first time I was aware of you was uh, it was actually probably one of your first promos you know, with Brendan Cooper. Uh, uh, that was my was, first promo. That was my very first yeah. promo. Uh, it was for the first <laughs> first Academy Attacks, must have been. Uh, so in yeah. 2013, and honestly, as soon as I saw that promo, like I, I'm sitting here as a fan always, anyway. But I'm, as soon as I saw that, I thought money. That just <laughs> the, oh, thank the, you. the character was already there. You didn't need anything else. Um, but what was it like going into your first match? That, or what was it like doing that promo? Uh, was there a lot of thought behind it for your character or was it just a, a case of just an uh, extension of yourself? Anyway, I, th- I think the character had been sort of... Like, the people who were training me were almost kind of developing the character and obviously I was myself as well um, for, for quite a bit leading up to the to the debut. Um so when when we done that first promo, like I was I was already very sure of who Looking Sharp was to be or who I wanted who I wanted him to be. Um 
obviously yeah, every everybody everybody's nervous going in going into the first match. Um and like do you know what I mean? You you're standing you're standing behind the curtain and you're shaking, you know what I mean? You're so full of emotions and I can't really describe the sort of feeling it. It's like that first time you go out, it's like as soon as you open the door, or usually it'd be a curtain in my case, it was a door. <laughs> um, and you open the door and do you know what I mean? It's just as if you just go numb, you know what I mean? It was just a flash and you're it's done. You know what I mean? It just do you know what I mean? You blink and you're done. Um but at the same time it was the best thing I had experienced in my life up until that point. Um and it wasn't long before you were just all over uh the main shows as well. Um I mean I was just going through maybe your first two years over on Cage Match because of course that's that's the Bible for uh <laughs> match results, um which I've found have been really great, really correct or really wrong because Dan B7 <laughs> did not train Mike Musso, which I was shocked to find out um, and just appalled. Uh, but in your first two years, you were facing Noam Dar, um, Coffees. Uh, I mean, I think there was a match with, with Piper, Piper Niven as well. Uh, these are just yeah. nowadays, I mean, it was 2014, 15, and uh, now these guys are all over the WWE Network, much like yourself, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, so what, what was it like just getting thrown into the deep end like that with all these these world-class wrestlers, even I mean, at the time? It's, it's, exactly, it's exactly what I wanted. Like, there, there's, there's, no there's no point in sort of messing about, you know what I mean? You're as well going on head first and just, I'm a big believer in the, the best way to learn is to learn on the job. Um, there's no better sort of learning situation than being in there with somebody who's better than you and is bringing you up to their level. So obviously, I was really lucky at such a young age to be to be in with talent of such a sort of high calibre. Um, like you're saying, guys like Noam and stuff. So it was definitely a big, big benefit um, that from a young age I was almost kind of getting used to being under that pressure and working with these people who are so well renowned. Um, and, ha and having to sort of bring myself up to that level as well, um, knowing that people people expecting a certain level of performance if um, if I've been trusted with this match. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just I, I just couldn't believe what I was going through. I mean, obviously, I, I do follow your career fairly closely, but so I knew you, you'd faced some big names. But um, my word, <laughs> when I was going through. It, I was like, <laughs> Wow. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll stick to around about 2015-odd. Uh, so the first time I actually got to see you wrestle live, I think it was Rock and Wrestle. Um, well, it sounds likely. Possibly, because it was up in Forest. I think. Should, well, I think you did the, the two-night uh, Highland tour as well, possibly. Oh, the second night was in Forest. Um, so for, for people listening, uh, I this was the first show I took my then-girlfriend, my wife, to. <laughs> And I've told you this story, but I'm going to tell everyone else because it makes me laugh every time. Um, so she was helping driving. We, we were actually sitting in the corner while you were putting together your match with, uh, I think it was Donnie T and uh, Krychek. And it sounds, it sounds like someone else. Krychek and Damien, maybe? That was Craig it, Damien. Craig Damien. And so it was all good. And I'd, I'd, stand, I'd sit in the front because I was moving barriers and I just really should not have been doing. Um, but I was told, oh, right, we're sitting at the front, okay. The wrestlers won't shout at me, she says. I went, no, no, I'll shout to you. <laughs> Absolutely fine. First match started, out you come, point straight at her and shout, <laughs> it fancies me. And the death stare I got right afterwards. It was just... The, uh, uh, you should have you known better, man. That was, a, that was a rookie move on your part. I did half think, I was thinking, if he, if he knows I'm sitting in the front, 
there's a good chance something's going to happen. But I won't tell her that because <laughs> <laughs> then it, it spoils the magic. But no, she, she's probably <laughs> have a soft spot for you since um, because there was their show, again, Rock and Wrestle. They announced the card, but they hadn't announced Jack Jester's match and announced that you were there. And I was going to go to the show with my brother, um, who's got autism, and that's just like our thing. Um, I think yeah. the wrestling local shows, and I went. I think I think it's going to be Jester versus Lou tonight. It has been announced. I just went. Oh, well, I'm coming now. So, <laughs> Grant, that's fine. Our ticket bought. So, uh, yeah, you, you've certainly made a pressure uh, on someone who, who's at that point only been to a couple of shows. Um, so, your initial gimmick uh, was your mother's favourite wrestler. Uh, you would grind yourself uh, against <laughs> an elder clientele. Uh, so, so what was your what was your what was your inspiration behind that? And does it also amaze you that even now, eight years later, people finally just click what your name means? I, it, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me anymore. Like I thought it was really clever and really quick. You know what I mean? Sharp, I guess. <laughs> um, but nah, people have been really really slow with that man. And I, I think now, like us having this conversation, there will probably be a couple of people who go. Oh, here, hold on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, in terms of where, like, where the gimmick came from and stuff, I think it was just it was just an extension of kind of who I, who I was at the time. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I was like what's 16, 16 at the time um, when I started um, with, with that character and stuff. I was sixteen, um, and yeah, I was I was just about a loud mouth and. But but a knob, <laughs> I guess. Um, and I really I was just a, it was just an extension. I was so full of energy, and I was just I was just so buzzing to be involved in wrestling. You know what I mean? Just so like any spot, any show, I was just so happy to be there. Um, and I guess I just kind of translated that into the energy that I was bringing when I came out as looking sharp. Uh, it's quite amazing because people see, you, of course, you're, you're you're five foot four. Uh, you're you're. Uh... Was it eight? I was eight and a half stone, but I totally maybe got, got yeah, not that anymore. No, no, anymore. no <laughs> at the time you were. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. but you're easily one of the biggest characters in the show. So it, it was almost like a, a oxymoron. It's not the word, but it was like you're you're the smallest one there, but you're also the biggest at the same time. I um, So 2015, we're still there because, like I said, you're what 16 when you started 2013, and uh, so you're just early 20s now. So just turned 23. Just went, God, makes me feel so old. <laughs> uh, considering what you've done in that time. Uh, so we're still in 2015. So Pro Wrestling Elite uh, was a company that you, you uh, had a fairly major storyline in. Uh, in 2015, yeah. you, you defeated the New Age Click on your own, maybe with some help, uh, to become the, <laughs> the tag team champions. Uh, so was that, that would have been your first, was that your first title? I think I've got um, it was it was it was, uh, it was the first title I won. Um, I've I've told this story a million times, but I do I do like telling it. Um, it's probably probably my my favourite sort of story to tell when I when I do these kind of things. So, um, I was winning. I won the belts in in March. Um, if it wasn't March, it was it was to be March. At, um, when it was when it was being planned. Um, and run about like the September before or <laughs> something like that. Um, people people had told me um, that that I was winning the title, that I was winning the belts, but Adrian didn't want me to know because he wanted it to be a big surprise. So I had to act as if I didn't know. Um, and Adrian would cut like I'd be like I don't know planning a match, packing my bag, whatever you know what I mean, just generally cutting about. And Adrian would walk past and he'd be like, 
big things coming in March and he's swagger away and it is just every single time I seen him it was be ready for March big things in March March is just around the corner you know what I mean and acting as if you know he's he's absolutely clueless that I, I, I know all of this you know what I mean um, and then on the day I'm sitting backstage I remember I was like sitting on this kind of like little table thing um, and he walks up with a run sheet and just like puts it down next to me and goes like swaggers away <laughs> so I had to pick up the run sheet and be like oh my god <laughs> I mean, act as if you know I was, I was I was surprised I mean I was still buzzing you know what I mean I, of course I was buzzing um, but I was very much aware that it was happening <laughs> So it's almost like getting a hold of of the title, though. It was just again, just the extension of that buzzing, just like yeah. Ah. It, it, it was like just the fact is someone who's so well respected, um, and somebody who had such a such a high standard for pro wrestling. Like, like when you when you look back at the guys that he used, like Adrian didn't just use anyone. You know what I mean? Like Adrian wasn't just throwing trainees or nothing on it. By me. Um, so the fact that he had so much sort of trust in me, um, and obviously believed that I could that I could run in that spot, um, a lot earlier than a lot of people did as well. Um, a lot of people was, uh, still sort of see me as you know a smaller guy, um, a, a comedy wrestler, um, and it, you know that wouldn't really wouldn't really put me in such a such a big sort of position um, at that time. But Adrian believed in me. Um, and you know I'll, I'll always always be grateful for um, for the chance that I got to to work not only as you know what I mean as a tag team champion but just to, to work with him at all. Um, like it's a complete a totally invaluable learning experience. Um, just getting to see how he carried himself and just getting to share a ring with him in, in general is just like I said com- to- totally invaluable. Absolutely. I mean I've never never got to go to a pro wrestling elite show uh, so far. Uh, in the sticks, but um, they only ran what four times a year, maybe. So their shows are always just yeah. slick, top to bottom. And there's always the, the the people they've had on the shows have just been ridiculous. Uh, one of which you you have faced again, which we will speak about because I'll, I'll probably anyone listening to this will know that I'll do a big wrestling portion because that's that's <laughs> w- what I do. Um, but you teamed with Lionheart, of course, as part of of your tag team run, uh, yeah. along with Chris Travis and Martin Kirby as well, all of which um, are, are no longer wrestling, obviously, for one case or another. Uh, so what, what was it like during that run, teaming with, with guys like like Lionheart, of course, like Chris Travis and, and eventually Martin very, Kirby? Very much, very much the same um, as, I'd, as I'd said um, about, about Adrian, like just getting to be around Trav and get, getting to be part of Trav's sort of comeback, like I hadn't worked with Trav before um, his illness, um, but get, getting to be a part of that comeback was incredible, like get, getting to to be in the ring and witness the, the reaction to this like fairy tale story of this guy, you know what I mean, coming back from, coming back from cancer and getting back in the ring and again I'm forever grateful that I, I got to I got to be a, a very a very small part of that. Um, I remember in that in that match, um, we we'd been working for All Star on the camps before it, um, so I, we we'd been separated into different cars. I got there like late, but on time still, um, and our opponents 
were stuck in another car, which had got, you know, there was like traffic issues. So they got there really late. So we were planning um, the, the match with Tiger Trav. We were planning that like as our entrance music was playing. Um, and obviously I was really young at the time as well. And obviously there's a lot of pressure. Like I'm thinking this guy's, the guy's just come back from cancer. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to ruin this, this moment. You know what I mean? Um, there, there was a, so there was a lot of pressure. Um, I remember at one point I tried, I tried to do a tope, um, you know, with a rope dive. Um, and just my head just all over the place. And for whatever reason, I just, just nerves. I, I didn't run before it. I tried to just go, just, just, just go. Um, obviously that didn't work out very well. Um, I managed to poke my opponent in the eye and then face plant off the side of the ring. Um, and I just remember like, all three of us who had all been on the camps before, we were just we were just all over the place after this. Do you know what I mean? We're all freaking out, and Trav's like in the ring, like discreetly telling every single one of us where we need to be and what we need to do, and just you know what I mean, just totally directing the traffic and just such a pro, like just so so good. And like when you watch it back, like you, I mean, maybe if you listened really carefully, you could hear him maybe saying something, but you can't, you definitely can't tell that the three of us have no idea, and he's just. You know what I mean? He's just caught just calling it alters, you know what I mean, directing traffic. And I remember after the match I hugged him and I was like, I'm so sorry. And he, he, he like I felt so bad that I'd botched this match and he'd be he, you know what I mean, they thanked me and you know what I mean I had a sort of moment in the ring. Um it was very complimentary and stuff when we got back and I was just uh, like I said, just just grateful to be to be part of it at all. Um obviously getting to work with Kirby as well was was brilliant. Um, there, there was more plans to um, to do more stuff with me and Trav down the line. Um, I remember Adrian messaging me I'd, again, doing his big <laughs> G and everything up so much. He was like, "Enter Project Sharp," you know what I mean? Like G and off as if it was this, this huge thing. Um, yeah, so like I mean, it was a, it was a shame that we never got to do more with it, but it did lead to um, to tagging with with Kirby a bit more, which again is is getting to share the ring with, with a guy like Kirby is brilliant. Especially when I was doing the sort of comedy stuff at the time as well. Like he was, he always excelled in that. He excelled in uh, a million different aspects, but that that was just one of them. Um, and it's certainly one that I took a lot of um, inspiration from. Um, so uh, just the, just the entire run that I got in pro wrestling elite was brilliant for me. Um, just. Uh, having so much sort of faith put in me and getting to work with such a, a high caliber of talent is just it, it, it doesn't happen often for a for a 16 year old wrestler do you know what i mean not, not a lot of 16 year old wrestlers are getting to go in there and share the ring with, with world-class talent and i would say that's what the three of them are I, I love hearing Lionheart stories because it's, it's not someone the only time i had a chance of meeting him was uh the 2019 Aberdeen Anarchy event because he had a, a triple threat match there and he walked past me but he's got that such a star aura yeah. about him <laughs> that I was just like no I don't want to disturb him he's, he's got his hood up he clearly <laughs> doesn't want to speak to anyone and it's, it's yeah every story I hear he's just larger than life big big uh, dramatic character it makes everything but sense I, I, I used to I used to work in a call centre selling ice cream right <laughs> Um, and there was a, there was a guy in in that call center who'd who'd worked with Adrian in like a previous job kind of thing and again in a call center. Um, and when he found out uh, I was into wrestling and stuff, he was like, "Oh, do you, do you know Lionheart?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." He was like, "Guy, he always carried himself like a star, didn't he?" I mean, he would walk into work in the morning like, 
and I was like, "That's so true." Like, I believe, I believe every word of that because that's exactly what it was like. You know what I mean? And I love it, like, because because he, he was a star, even when even and even when he wasn't a star, he made you believe he was. Uh, 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 yeah, absolutely. Just yeah, just yeah. Not not enough good words about Lionheart that I've heard and and that could be shared. He's it, just uh, an incredible uh, human uh, at the end of the day. So, but we're still talking about 2015. We're not even out there yet. Uh, you had your debut in, in Dank's Pro Wrestling, so this is your first dabble yeah. in Denmark, uh, which, according again, according to my research of Cage Match, was a steel cage. So, oh, so that so that was that wasn't my first match in Denmark. Um, my first Danish match was it was a tag match, and I can't remember my partner's name for the life of me. Um, but we wrestled Raven and Nitro Green. They're also they also wrestled as Rana's partner, um, and uh, body slam and stuff. Um, so what had happened was I'd went out to train. Um, Chaos was wrestling for the the promotion that I trained that I initially trained with, um, quite a lot. Um, and he had like a sort of good connection with the promoter and stuff from that um, from that promotion. So he he would run this thing. It was called Fake or Break. Um, it was essentially like a summer camp where you go over, I think it was a week, you go over for a week and you train each day, uh, you know what I mean, you get up at eight and you train until like six, it's like real wrestling all day, um, and then there's a show at the end of it, um, so I'd, I'd went over to do that training with Chaos and um, Starbucks, so Starbucks, he's like the sort of founding father of wrestling in Finland, um, so I, I'd, I'd done that camp, which was brilliant, um, and then got, um, it was actually, it was, I was quite lucky, it was the main event. Um, of the of the show at the end, um, it was myself and partner against um, Nitro and Raven, like I said. Um, but, but that was that was a brilliant match to get. Um, again, at such an early age, um, Nitro obviously went on to have a, a big role in DPW. So getting to work him so early on was def definitely helped me. Um, later on down the line, as did training with um, with Starbuck from Finland. That was um, played a big hand in in getting me over there. Um, <laughs> the cage match. Um, I guess that was like my first international booking. Where, like, obviously before I'd went there to train, kind of thing. Whereas this was the first time they kind of came to me and wanted to bring me in. Um, so I was wrestling this guy called the Geek. Um, and he was like the guy that's easily like six foot ten or something. You know what I mean? Um, he basically his gear was like he wore like basically John Cena's gear, but with a Superman T-shirt. <laughs> Um, but he was this—he was this like huge big dude. Um, and I remember I said to him, "I was like, you could like, if you if you can gorilla press me, you can like lawn dart me into the side of the cage. You know what I mean? And like, I'll just because I'll just I'll just push against the cage and I'll I'll bounce off. You know what I mean? I'll be fine. And this is on YouTube as well. Um, so he gets me up for the for the press and he lawn darts me, and the cage is like it's not." It's not steel, you know what I mean? It's like wire or whatever, you know what I mean? Like kind of wire stuff. Um, so he lawn darts me into the cage, and rather than, in my head, I'm going to go and bounce off, you know what I mean, back into the ring, I just sort of went, like, head down. <laughs> like, as I came down, like, directly on the top of my, like, on the top of my head, in between the cage and the ropes, so that kind of little gap in, in the middle. So I came, like, directly on the top of my head, like a miracle that I never broke my neck. Um, but luckily, I was I was all right, um, and I put that down to nothing else but being sixteen and just so full of 
full of energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think if I'd done the exact same spot now, I pro I'd, I'd probably be in a lot of pain. <laughs> um, but no, that just blows my mind that all this is happening when you're you're 16. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, even if, if you're going to the shows, you can't even go out afterwards because no one will, no one should let you in. Uh, <laughs> where the do or don't, we, we won't uh, say otherwise. But, but uh, your journey with Angst, of course, uh, escalated even further in 2018 when you won their Money in the Bank and then cashed in against Nitro Green uh, yeah. the same night as well. So, a uh, three-year journey from from the trainee camp to landing on your head to heavyweight champion. I think I had it. I didn't write it down, but I think it was like 190 days, according to the Germans. I had quite a quite a good run um, with the with the DPW title. Um, there's a, there's actually a funny story behind the the Money in the Bank, um, that not a lot of people know. So, the Money in the Bank match that I won actually only lasted about six minutes or something, maybe less. Um, and it's like one of those things that you sort of ask yourself, if this happened in wrestling, what what would happen? Like, how, how would that go? Um, so we're all standing in the middle of the ring and the briefcase just fell. He <laughs> 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 just fell into the middle of the ring, you know what I mean? It, there was like a split setting where we all just sort of, and we're looking at each other, no one's really got any idea what to do. So I just grabbed it and ran. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, tell me tell me who else could have won. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, that... that. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be the exact same thing. It's like, well, they'll just grab it. That's all you need to do. <laughs> yeah. First guy so, to get both hands on it. You know what I mean? So, so what what could have went your head would have been like a long night of, oh, I'm going to get thrown into a ladder at some point. Turned into, oh, well, six minutes. Yeah, that, that, that was much easier than I, than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I that kind of adds to, again, I'm, I'm assuming that you were you were uh, not the most popular one there for, for doing such a thing, kind of sneaky thing. Oh, no. And then to come <laughs> no. out at the end and beat the champion, um, you must have been uh, uh, showered with the booze at the end of the night, just for all of it. <laughs> um, uh, I was very, very much a heel um, with, with DPW. My, my entire run with DPW was definitely a heel. Um, but it was that, it was that match winning, um, winning the title. And I'd say that was... I guess my first match as the, as a blood tourist. Well, we'll definitely get to your blood tourist stuff because that's what what you are now. Um, so yeah, so you, you, was the dance progress on the first the first time you went there? Is that kind of what got you interested in in the Scandinavian promotions, or kind of got your foot in, of course, with uh, um, with the, the in Finland as well? So were you aware of the European scene, or was it something that you kind of wanted to just I expand? Was, I was. I was aware that there was wrestling in places like Germany and stuff, um, obviously like France, those kind of places. Um, and then it was it was from chaos coming to Scotland that I was kind of that's what sort of made me aware of wrestling in Denmark. Um, but when I when I went over there, I wasn't really sure what to expect because um, obviously the scene there is a much younger scene than the, um, than the UK. Um, but I, I was obviously I was really impressed with like how good everybody was and then how good the coaching was. Like Chaos was a brilliant, brilliant coach. Um as so, so was Starbuck. Um so yeah I was I was just really impressed by it. And one of the guys that I met there was Timmy Force, um who is a, a brilliant, brilliant wrestler um from Sweden. Um, I would definitely recommend checking him out um if you're a fan of sort of cruiserweight wrestling. He was um, really, really good. Um but he was he was doing the training camp as well. Um 
and obviously he was telling me a bit about promotions in um, Offenberg and Stockholm and different uh, different places in Sweden. And um, there was a boy from Germany there as well, and he would he would tell us about these German promotions and stuff. And I just kind of realised there was like no one's bothering with these places. Like there's all the there's all this wrestling out there. There's, there's Sweden and Denmark and. Like obviously, I was I wasn't the first Scottish guy to go to Denmark. Like people had been there before me, but I don't I don't know how to put it. They just never really they just never really chased it, if that makes sense. Like they never really followed up on it. They would like go in, people would go over for like a one shot kind of thing, and that was that was it. You know what I mean? Um, whereas I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a thing of this. Um, so I got a booking in Sweden um, for GBG. Um, I'd met the promoter Steinbolt um, working for All Star um, and Timmy Forster, the big hand in getting me in there as well and as I said I went to Finland as well um, so I'd started to call myself Scottish King of Scandinavia um, I still use that um, to this day um, and yeah I was just like I'm going I'm to really make a thing of this travel Like no no one's trying to go to, to Denmark and Sweden and Norway and all these kind of places so I'm going to be the guy that done it, I'm going to be the guy that went everywhere, you know what I mean, I'll be, I'll be the guy who wrestled anybody in any climate in any country you know what i mean like i'll, I'll do it i'll do it i mean i i wasn't even aware of that but um uh, because you're wanting to to get more eyes on the scene you contacted me when i was doing interviews and stuff like that yeah. going oh do you want to speak to some of the danish guys and um it just goes to show how how serious you're you're taking your own career by more people that know the people you're facing the more eyes absolutely are on it. like absolutely like we we need to we need to grow together, you know. What I mean, there's no point in one one person getting lots of attention is good for that one person, you know. what I mean, whereas if the whole scene's getting more attention, that's good for everyone. Everyone's going to make more money. Everyone's going to have more fun. Everyone's going to be wrestling in front of bigger crowds, and um, so it just it just makes sense. Um, it's like with my role in sort of helping the Danish scene, like I've always been close um, with with Chaos and um, and Nitro Green. Um, as well as, so they, they run uh, DPW um, and I've always been close to Spastian from CCW as well. So obviously it's just, it's just more like started off as a kind of friendship thing. And then again, I just genuinely did believe in these guys and really thought that they should have more eyes on them. So um, I do a lot of the sort of social media stuff for CCW now. Um, I do a lot of just sort of generally trying to get them exposure um recently got them um signed up to be on a, a computer game that's coming out a, a mobile game indie wrestler and um, so i got i got them on board with that and just just like you said just trying to get more eyes on it like i think these guys are really really good it is a young scene you know what i mean and there are going to be guys who are a bit more green than than what you're used to on if you if you only watch american wrestling or british wrestling but these guys they're passionate and they care um and i think the 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 best way to describe it for me, and it's always I, I kind of use it on social the CCW social media a lot um, to sort of promote the company is it's it's grunge pro wrestling because that's that's what it is to me. You know what I mean? It's like it's it might be sort of a bit more a bit more underground than what you're used to, but it's going to be a hundred times more passionate than what you're used to as well because all these guys are dying for it. Like they get they get to wrestle, you know, a couple of times a month if, if, when, when things are going good. You know what I mean? They, like. There, there isn't as much wrestling in these areas, so when they do get the chance to be out in front of a live crowd, you better believe they're giving it a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like they are very grateful of the chance to to be getting to wrestle. Um, so, so yeah, so doing their their social media and 
And that, again, I'll probably mention it quite a lot of times, but folks need to remember that you're 23 years old and you're doing it. You've pretty much got yourself a, a conglomerate of, of a wrestling <laughs> network of your own and you're barely just just out your, or just into your 20s. Um, right, we're going to speak about wrestlers and we'll get that out of the way because your matches you've had there have been, again, ridiculous. Uh, so we'll, we'll start just with your big matches, the Aberdeen Anarchy ones. Uh, 2015, Looking Sharp rejected against Devon Dudley and <laughs> Thunder Buddies. What was it like <laughs> when you were told that you were going to go in with, with Devon Dudley? Oh, blow, I was blown out of the water, man. Like, especially, like I was saying, like being such a big ECW fan um, and then finding out that I'm going to be wrestling one of the Dudley Buddies, man. Like, that was incredible. Like, wrestlers were always really, really good to me. They were actually the first promotion outside of where I trained. To, to use me at all um, and they, they were they were always really good to me but I was I was almost kind of shocked I was like they're putting me in with Ivan Dudley like you know what I mean like there's all these there's all these brilliant wrestlers in Scotland right now you know what I mean around about that time ICW is blowing up it's on BBC and all the rest of it and like just the, the entire British scene is on fire you know what I mean and I'm like and of, of everybody on the British scene right now you've chose me um, that it was obviously I was excited and I was I was ready for it, you know what I mean? Um but Devon Dudley is a, a character man, like he's he's a cool guy. Uh, and he's scary though as well. <laughs> like I remember we were, we were trying to we were planning the match and stuff. And uh, well we were we were trying to plan the match, sixteen, seventeen year old me shaking, wanting to know every single thing that we're gonna do. Um and his exact words were, if it ain't WrestleMania, I ain't planning none. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but eventually, you know what I mean? He did, he, I, I think he kind of realised that I was a bit kind of nervous. Um, and he, you know, he, planned, he planned a couple, couple of spots for me and stuff. But at one point I went out and I had a cigarette. Um, and I came back in and I started vaping. And he was like, smoking at 17. And I was like, well, actually, no, it was smoke, smoking. It was, it was 17 at the time. He was, uh, he was smoking at 16. And I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm 17, Devon Dudley, Hall of Famer. <laughs> and he was like, oh, I got something for that. And he was like, you go come at me. I'm going to give you a Dominator. And y'all go feel that. And I'm like, Christ. You know what I mean? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure what a Dominator was. I just knew Devon Dudley was about to have me, man. <laughs> like, um, so obviously before that, I'm like, do you know what I mean? Trembling, terrified. Um, so before we go out, he's standing at the curtain, um, and I went up, and I was like, "I'll go," you know, just trying to be polite. And I was like, "Oh, good luck! I'll see you out there." As if Devon Dudley needs my luck and Aberdeen, you know what I mean? Um, but I'm like, "Good luck!" And he grabs my hand, and he goes, mm. "Now we're gonna ask Jesus for good luck." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" So he just he's just holding my hand with this like death grip, man, like, and he's just. Mm. I'm just like this the whole time. I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> just my hand getting through a squeeze, and he just turns around. He's like, "How do you feel?" <laughs> I was like, "I brilliant, mate. Great." Ran through the curtain. <laughs> um, and we we get in the ring, and obviously he's not planned very much of me. He's just kind of told me, I'll, "I'll I'll light you up. Just you know, move around for me." And so I move over the ropes, and he takes me, and he just goes, "Flying burrito," sends me off. I'm running by him. It's a flying burrito. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Absolutely terrified. No idea what this is, Nigel. 
boom, nails me with a forearm, and I very quickly realised that it was the, the Tito Santana forearm. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it was brilliant getting to be in the ring with a legend. Like, that, that's, that's the only way to describe them. In my opinion, the Dudleys are the, the greatest tag team of all time. Um, I think it's indisputable that they're, they're the most successful tag team of all time. Um, and obviously, I've had a big focus on my career. With obviously with Krieger and various other tag partners as well on tag team wrestling, I've always sort of had my, my, my hand in tag team wrestling in some form or another. So getting to to be around him um, and sort of listen to to a wee bit of his psychology on, on tag wrestling was was brilliant. Um, I remember um, Bill Harper or uh, William Sellers. Um, Saying that they were they wanted to do the um Devon get the tables spot like after the match. Um I remember he got dead antsy about it and he was like, We'll do it, but only if you know how to do it. And I'm thinking, how can they not know how to do it? You just go Devon get the tables, you know what I mean? Like it, there's there's not much to it. But apparently you need to go one, two three and then there's like a pause and then Devon get the tables when apparently he's like sick of people who, who do it wrong <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I remember finding, finding that quite funny uh, well you brought up the table uh, Was there, did you and, uh, and Archer and, and Vago have to draw a straw to, to be put through the table because I've got a feeling you would have been kind I, of front I, of the queue I think, I think that was kind of already decided before I think they'd already decided Archer was going through it um, but he was like he was the, he was the main guy of the team. That, uh, like he he was the one who he'd be he was the one he was the wrestle zone guy. Do you know what I mean? Mickey Vago, um, had obviously I think I think that may have been like his second or third match. <laughs> like he he had not done very much up until this point, and then just you know what I mean lands in there with Devon Dudley. Fair play to him. Like I would not have done that well in if my third match was against Devon Dudley. Um, so, um, but yeah, the rest is on guy. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, of course, you're now undefeated. Uh, so, in the run up to Arby Anarchy 2016, uh, you, you had the, the undefeated t shirts, 1 0, and you were facing Carlito, the Hurricane, and Bull Dempsey, which is a little bit different. Uh, so, that was pretty much, I think it was like three out of four of the, of the special guests that year. Um, so of course you a little bit more uh, experience, you know, in the ring for uh, three years. Uh, so so like going going in with with all those guys. I mean, Carlito and Hurricane just turned up at the Rumble like, yeah. this year. Yeah. <laughs> no, that that was, was again like WrestleZone. Obviously, had a lot of confidence in me. Um, I definitely appreciated that they that they had so much faith in me to be to be always always putting me in there with stars. You know what I mean? Legends. Um, so I, again, the, the, it's it's invaluable to be in there with people who have done so much and people who have been to the dance. You know what I mean? These guys have wrestled on the biggest stages that you can wrestle on. They've wrestled against some of the biggest stars in the world. You know what I mean? Hurricane's been in there with The Rock. Kalito's been in there with John Cena and stuff. Like, And that's not to mention all the stuff that they've done on their own, like in their own career. You know what I mean? Um, that like just, just getting to share a ring with them was, was brilliant. Um, I think I had done I'd done a, a wee bit with Carlito, um, maybe I think it was at BCW before, um, so I was kind of lucky going into that that he kind of 
I think I, I think I'd met him in Denmark as well. I definitely I'd met him a couple of times because he was kind of he was aware of who I was, kind of thing. Um, so he was kind of like almost kind of gave me my place a little bit. Like you know what I mean? We, a lot of these, a lot of Americans will kind of be like, "This is what's happening. This is what you're doing." Um, whereas Carlito was, was he was he was good that way. Well, um, he he was he was aware of who I was and definitely sort of let let me get my stuff in. Um, and then obviously I, um, I went on to do a bit more with Bill Dempsey down the line as well. So no, there was a lot, a lot of good came out of that match. Um, a lot of good, lot of good experience. Obviously, um, just like like I keep saying, get, getting to be in there with guys like that is brilliant. And um, what wasn't brilliant though was, however, over a thousand people at the beach ballroom chatting about. Um, I know I kind of swear, but I, I guess this isn't a swear. Um, chatting about my small penis. Um, so that that was um, that was heartbreaking. That was. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> yes, the, I totally um, forgot. The, the hurricane. The hurricane. I believe he said that I had a nugget penis, um, and uh, that that was absolutely soul destroying. My whole family were there as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. And then of course your 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 final match at this stage, Aberdeenanarchy. Um, I've got a feeling you may have been you may have been scheduled for the year after, but uh, of course was the battle of the big men. Uh, you against former WWE cruiserweight champion Swoggle. Uh, so at this point, you're it, it came well, it's three years in a row. You're in quite high marquee matches. Um, I, I mean, the looking sharp character is just made for WrestleZone. Anyway, they're a big family friendly thing. They love to chant. Uh, so again. A lot of this is going to be what was it like going into that match because you've had so many like incredible matches. Uh, but what was it like going in with 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 Swoggle? Here is quite he's quite an intense person in real life. I, no, definitely. That's, that was exactly what I was going to say. Like he like he like plans these spots where he's going to like run and headbutt you in the nuts and like kick you in the shin. And all the rest of it, but like the way he's talking is if he's like planning like Black Swan Bally or something, you know what I mean? Like this, like this, this art, you know what I mean? So like, just, just, the, just the way, just the way he like carries himself and stuff. I mean, he's, I thought, I thought he was like really, really sound. I thought he was a really good guy, but just like where he'd be like, hmm, 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 yes, no, hmm. All right, I'll headbutt you in the balls. <laughs> just the way, like, to, just just the process that he obviously went through in his head to get to that outcome. Um, I, I'd lo- I'd love to to know the full process. Um, but it was it was brilliant. Um, when he was called, like, I remember him saying, "I'll give you a German suplex," and I was like, "Will you?" <laughs> like, um, but fair play, man. Like, he 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 German suplexed me. Um, I remember as well, like, I. I'd, I can't remember exactly what what the, what the spot was, but I planned this big like sort of cut off spot for me to take over, um, and he listened to it and he done that American thing where they go hmm, hmm, and they do all these movements which have nothing to do with what you've just said, but they go hmm, and then he goes, why don't you just put your hand on my face and throw me down? <laughs> I was like, all right, and sure enough, man, like I put my hand over my face and just boom, like face pam, like face palmed them. And I felt terrible, man, because he, he like, whoo, like rolled. You know what I mean? Um, I remember, like, when I speared him as well. I like, obviously, I'm never in a position where I'm like bigger than someone in a match. You know what I mean? And I just like when I speared him, it just felt it felt like I like nailed him with it. You know what I mean? For like a split second, I was like, oh, I am Goldberg. You know what I mean? Like, 
<laughs> uh, but it was brilliant. It was a lot of fun. Um, it, it was different as well. Just get like getting to to see how he puts these kind of matches together. Um, good learning experience in terms of learning a bit. Then a lot more focused on the entertainment side. Um, sort of TV wrestling. Um, and I, I, it was brilliant. He was a brilliant guy. Um, I remember that I done I done quite well in merch that night. Um, and he came over, he came over to, to ask me how I done. And when I told him he done well, he was like, "Yeah, my man." You know what I mean? Like he was like so hyped for me that I'd done well. And I was yeah, I just I just thought he, I just thought he was a super sound guy. Uh, so after that, uh, of course, then you became then uh, as as my wife just regularly calls because she can't remember his name. Your big sexy pal, uh, Krieger, <laughs> arrived. She, she, every time she sees him, she goes, that's Lou's big sexy pal, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's Krieger. You can call him Krieger, you know. <laughs> I know, that's what we're calling him. Um, he arrived and you guys became the tag team champions uh, almost yep. out of nowhere because I think it was in a match. It was a triple threat because I was there. Uh, it was yourselves rejected and the Kings of Catch. And of course, yep. I was for the Kings of Catch, um, my apologies. But uh, so, yeah, you went on a run with the tag titles. I've got a feeling that the year after it was Grado and Santino teaming and yeah. it was against Krieger and a partner. Were you meant originally? So I was, I was originally supposed to be in that match. Um, originally it was going to be um, myself and Krieger um, against uh, Grado and Santino. Um and then obviously the, the the switch was made that I, I couldn't make it. Um, it was totally my own fault, um, and I was I was I was really looking forward to it. Um, and I did. I think I think they might have announced the match with me in it originally. I don't know if it went that far. Um, but basically, I I was I was going to be in New York um, on the on the day of the show. Um, I was I think I was flying to New York on the day of the show. Um, with my with my fiance, um, so I, I, it was just one of those ones that I could I couldn't afford to not go on the f- several <laughs> thousand pound holiday that I just booked. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, there's 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 always there's always going to be other shows, and sometimes it's important to enjoy enjoy real life a bit. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, I mean, seeing you in that match would have been like again madness. Oh, um, absolutely. Like it would it would have been brilliant to to be in there with, with Santino. Um, I've heard he's a really good coach, um, and Decker Krieger um, told me, you know what I mean, that he obviously had a really good experience with him. So there, there, there is part of me um, that obviously that wishes that I could have been there, but then at the same time, I, I had a brilliant time in, in New York being a tourist. So. Oh yeah, I, it, I mean, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. If there's a wrestling show and I'm going to New York, I'm still going to go to New York. Um, <laughs> you know, went over to America. Was that the same time that uh, you wrestled in Florida? Was that kind of the same kind of? Trip? So that um, New York was about that was that was about a year after I wrestled in Florida. Um, I, d- I didn't do any wrestling in New York. Um, there was an offer from um, from CZW actually. Um, well, they were they were going to try and fit me in. Um, but I would have to go to Philadelphia. I would, I would have to get myself to Philadelphia um, from New York, and then if if they could fit me in, they would. And I was like, I can't really justify dragging my fiance across two states to go to a deathmatch show that I might not be on. <laughs> like, it, do you know what I mean? It just it just it just didn't make sense. Um, and again, there there will always be another chance. I'll be back to America. 
Um, but I, I went to I went to Florida, um, and again I just went I went there on on holiday. Um, I was I was with my mum, my dad, and um, and my wee brother, and we were just you know what I mean, Disneyland and Universal Studios, and just doing all doing all the kind of tourist stuff. And I was I was dead set at the time that I was going to try and get some work. Um, the the guy the guy that um, I worked for on the first show um, is a bit of bit of scumbag so I'm not I'm not gonna harp on him too much. Um but the guy that he put me in with was actually John Cruz, um, who people might know from AEW. Um also wrestles as Serpentico as well. Um so I mean that I mean that was brilliant. I had no idea what I was what I was showing up for. Um Chris Silvio had kind of put me in touch with a couple of promoters and stuff. Um and I, I, I didn't, know, I don't know who John Cruz was. Um, at the time, he had worked for TNA and NXT previously and stuff, but um, no, nothing, you know what I mean, sort of main, that mainstream. Um, so I, I wasn't aware of who he was, and I was blown out of the water. Um, it was incredible, like just, just brilliant. Um, he actually, he's the guy who used to do a lot of the mocap for the two key games. So. In I believe it's two K twenty or whatever. He's his mask is in is in the game as well because he done he done all the mocap stuff for them, um, and again it just done a lot of stuff on the sort of the Florida scene. Um, so it, it was brilliant getting to getting to be in there with him. Um, when you can show up in America and wrestle a lot worse, you know what I mean? Like I, I could have showed that it, it could have been some barn dance kind of thing, you know what I mean? Um, but I was I was very lucky in getting to work him, um, and then my second match there was for. I think at the time they were called Atomic Wrestling Entertainment. Um, or they've changed the name a couple of times. They've just signed a deal with Fight TV, though. I think they're ARW now. Um, but that was a really cool experience being an ECW fan because this was it was almost like wasn't an ECW reunion show, but you know one of those American style promotions that have, that's like that's almost a kind of theme. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of ex ECW guys or like kind of nineties, late nineties guys. Um, and again, I'm I'm not really too sure what to expect. And I show up, um, and there's Gangrel and the Sinister Minister and Wes Briscoe and just just all, all these, you know, what I mean, big stars. Um, and I was wrestling the promoter who I worked for um, the the first time, um, and I'd I'd thought to myself, um, the guy the guy who, who I wrestled he had done a bit for like. Uh, Ring of Honor and all these kind of places, so I was like, I could really stand out on this show instead of being like a hardcore guy, which is funny now considering where my career went. Um, I was like, instead of being like a hardcore guy, I'll, I'll go and I'll do some like British tech, you know what I mean? I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll slow everything right down, but you know what I mean? I'm gonna mat wrestle, um, and they'll never have seen anything before. It'll be like when Benoit and, and Dean Malenko wrestled at, at ECW, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, they'll, they'll be begging, please come back, you know what I mean? It'll be brilliant. Um, and I planned as well that I was going to come out to Earth, Wind and Fire September and I was in my hotel room before it and I'd planned out every movement that I was going to make walking down the ring to a song I'd listened to it a million times um, and they played Boogie Wonderland instead so right away I was thrown off, totally thrown off you know what I mean, didn't know what to do so I was like I'll just make a, a baby face entrance and I'm like come on, like for your firecracker entrance to Boogie Wonderland <laughs> um, and all, all these like, you know what I mean, like Southern Americans are like, who is this guy, man? 
um, try to start a USA chant because I panic. So, like, um, so I go in and I, I start, I, I locked up and I started doing a bit of hey, 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 whoa, all this British tech. Um, and I just remember the big, he was like, he could not have been any more of like your stereotypical hillbilly. Like he's big, you know, big fat dude, tuck a hat on, he's got his flannel vest, the, the works, you know what I mean? And I'm in the middle of probably holding sort of a cravat or something, you know what I mean? And I just remember turning around and looking at him and he just goes, what the F is this? <laughs> My heart just sank, man. Like, I was like, oh, they are not buying it. And I just, I just grabbed him, threw him at the ring, went, dive! You know what I mean? <laughs> Tanked myself at the ring, the ring managed to break my ribs. Um, I, so overall, the second match was a wee bit of a disaster, but it was good fun. <laughs> So is that just uh, your mantra now? I mean, they, they always they always say take your gear. It's, it's always just a wee corner of the oh, suitcase. Yeah. Now it's just your gear. Uh, how how does your fiance think of that? It's just like I just want to go on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think she's kind of kind of became used to it because anytime she suggests a holiday, then she'll be like, oh, well, like you know, maybe a wee, a wee weekend in, in Benidorm would be nice. And I'll be like, nah, I don't I don't think there's any promotions there. <laughs> like if, I, if I'm going on holiday you know what I mean I'm making sure that I'm doing some sort of wrestling about it but like some people think that's daft you know what I mean but and I know it might it's it's not the coolest thing to say in indie wrestling anymore but I like wrestling <laughs> I think wrestling's dead good you know what I mean so like if I'm going on holiday and I'm going to enjoy myself of course I want to wrestle because I enjoy myself when I wrestle uh, well, I, I'm not in the same boat, of course, because I'm, I'm not actually doing wrestling. But every time uh, my, my wife goes, oh, I really, I want to take you to Edinburgh because I think you'll really enjoy it. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Discovery. When are Discovery <laughs> on? They do afternoon shows. It's fine. We'll still do something in the evening. When's Discovery? <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I absolutely understand that. We were going down to London. Uh, my first scroll through was, when's Progress on? So it's... <laughs> Never works out that way. She she she's quite cunning in, in fit, picking dates where uh, there's no wrestling on. I don't know if she's doing the same check as I am. Um, <laughs> so we'll go to discovery because again, because I got so much to to so much stuff to work through. Because like I say, you, you love your wrestling, so <laughs> you're wrestling as much as you can. Discovery, your, your stuff in discovery though. I mean, it started as uh, Joe Hendry's adoptive son for a yeah. bit. Which ended up being in a four-way match, including the Young Bucks. Um, yeah. So when you're speaking about Hornswoggle doing his his artistic uh, putting together of a match, I've heard Young Bucks are kind of the same, except they kind of do the moves at the time when they're putting together matches. Like they do, oh, we'll do this, and then we'll do that, and then we'll do the the flippy thing. I, I, and... I don't, I don't, I don't remember the the name of the move. If it was, do we just say we just say the Meltzer driver for talking's sake? Like I remember we're planning a match, and I can't remember which one says it. Say Nick, Nick goes, well, will we do them? Will we do the Meltzer driver? And Matt goes, how many t-shirts have we sold? And they went and checked, and they'd sold a few, and they were like, oh yeah, we'll do the Meltzer driver. They deserve the Meltzer driver. <laughs> I love that. That's like that's how they. This. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that that seemed to be how they planned their match. Like. I mean, if they're not buying it and they ain't getting nothing, you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, fair play, fair play. That's, that was that seemed to be their way of doing things. Um, but that that was another one where, like, I'd wrestled once for Discovery before this um, in, like, a Fatal 4-Way match or something. Um, and then they're like, oh, now you're in a tag team with Joe Hendry and you're wrestling the Young Bucks. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, 
definitely, definitely a bit surprised. Um, but it was, I think I was one of the matches that people really took notice of me. Um, I think more or less everything that I'd been doing previously was very sort of heavily comedy based. Um, whereas that was a bit more of a chance for me to go and get down a bit, do a bit of wrestling. Um, there was, of course, as well, um, the Gorilla Press, double Gorilla Press spot. Um, so the, that picture's on, it'll be on like, Rolly King Sharp socials somewhere if anybody wants to see it. But so basically, they got me on like a leg and a wing above the head. And they ran, gave me like, it was like a running lawn dart Gorilla Press kind of deal. So rather than just throwing me straight, they pushed my legs up as they threw me. So, I, so I'm flipping as I'm going through the air. And I think they thought I was maybe going to flip once. But they obviously underestimated how light I was at the time because it was, it was I don't know if it was a 720 or a 980 or what. Basically, I went <laughs> um, clear over the top of everyone. They're all standing doing the, that, that, that wrestling thing where they're all going, you know what I mean? Um, and I just went right over the top of everyone's head. And just I remember Dave Conrad, like an NBA player, jumped up there. I don't think he could ever jump that high again if he tried. And just like grabbed one of my legs um, and managed to catch that. And then I just face planted because I went past everybody, past all of the gym mats, and just face first onto the like the the, the gym hall floor. <laughs> Just, just, just lying there wishing you're in a steel cage in Denmark again. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know what I mean? I would have took that a hundred times. Uh, and then, you, well, your, your team with Joe Hendry it went pretty well, considering I'm assuming next would be one of your dream matches because you're against oh, Pedro yeah. and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, so how how many questions about ECW did you ask Tommy Dreamer that particular day? Uh, mate, mate, Tommy Dreamer broke my heart within about two seconds of meeting him, man. I remember I, I went in and he was backstage and I was, I was so buzzing, man, be telling everybody that I'm going to be wrestling Tommy Dreamer for ECW and all this, all this stuff planned in my head that I was going to do. Um, I, I was watching all this, I had all these quips that I was going to use. I was going to, you know, Beulah McGillis slutty and all this kind of stuff. And I was going to, you know what I mean? I was going to use all the lines. Um, and I, I went, I'm like, how are you doing? I'm Chris. It's a pleasure to meet you. We're going to be working together tonight. And he just looked at me and went, you're a wrestler? And I was just heartbroken, <laughs> um, but sure, he, he was all right. Um, it, we got we got to plan in the match at some point. Um, it, I can't remember what it is. Whatever, something happens, um, and we we go we go to the outside, um, and then he goes, and then you know what time it is, and I'm just sort of. Like, I don't, I don't know what time it is, Tom Jim. <laughs> you know I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't know what that means. And he just, I swear to God, and he goes, ECFW baby. <laughs> so that, that was, uh, that, that was what time it was. It was ECW time for us to go out and do a bit, of, do a bit of madness on the outside. Um, I remember I got decked before that match as well. I remember it was this, it was this big, big heavy dude in the front row. Um, yeah, I don't know if he was with his daughter, or his girlfriend, who. Whoever family member, whatever he's with, this this woman anyway, um, and she's wearing a Grado hat. So like, I grabbed a Grado hat and flung it away. And this big jab of the hut dude sitting there, and he's like, he could not have moved this fast in his life again if he tried. But I don't know how he did it, but he did. And he just went 
boom, right out of his seat and just like laid me out, man. Like, but this is during my entrance, you know what I mean? I'm like, spark, this fan has like sparked me out. Um, I just remember Joe grabbing me and like throwing me over his shoulder and like, I'm like furious, but also like half sparked out. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I never got off to the best start, but I couldn't have been happy of the, the, the way it turned out. Um, and then I almost started, it seemed like I was starting to go on a wee bit of a theme rest on ECW guys with, with Tommy Dreamer and um, um, Devon Dudley as well. So I was very, very lucky. Um, yeah, I think I think that's one of, one of my favourite finishes I saw at Discovery. I think, I don't know if Grady would start chasing you and somehow you ended up coming through in a, a fire escape and he was up at the top of the balcony. And I don't know how it happened, but I just, <laughs> just used to remember it. Um, so yeah, I mean, well, we'll stick with Discovery because they started a, um, well, no, they did a bit of, of, of stuff um, with Michael Chase, um, being pals with Michael Chase. I, can't, yeah. I don't know the timeline I've got here. I think it's Michael Chase stuff next. Um, so that was teaming up with uh, Lisa Marie Veron, of course, Victoria, another. They just turned up at the Royal Rumble. Uh, again, I think one of these guys would get me signed. You know um, what I mean? <laughs> honestly I mean I, I think you're exactly what, what, what these companies need because I've said it in previous podcasts I, I enjoy the product NXT UK but they're missing a character they've got that. great wrestlers but they're missing a character and that's that's where you would easily uh, jump I'll in there so much. so again uh, I'm assuming Victoria is really nice I, was, I think yeah, she wrestled yeah. at WWE ECW so I don't know if that counts in your <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll put her on there. <laughs> um, no, that 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 was that was that was a lot of fun as well. I really enjoyed the stuff with Michael Chase. Um, he was just so I don't think I don't think he realised how funny he was. Like obviously, I was very over the top and very animated and stuff. But I think he was the funniest thing about it. Like his sort of deadpan reactions to it all, and like a lot of the time as well. Like it wasn't it, it was I don't think it was ever intentional from him. I think he just genuinely didn't really know how to react to some of the stuff that I was doing to him. Um and I was I was I was getting a kick out of that, you know what I mean? Like I was I was definitely enjoying keeping him on his toes. Um but no, I had, I had a lot of fun. Um and then obviously it leading to, to getting to to tag with, with Victoria was brilliant. Um I, again, Discovery is like is one of these places, much like like similar stuff that I said to WrestleZone. Like they've put a lot of faith in me, um, and had a lot of trust in me, and put me up with some some big names and had, gave me some big matches. So I've I've, de I've definitely been lucky, and I'm definitely grateful that they they took a chance on me at such, such an early age. Because I, I think I think being in these big matches with these big imports like definitely gave me a leg up. There was there was. Uh, there was a lot of people coming through at the time that I came through it, um, and I think it was certainly one of the things that made me stand out. Was you could see sort of several matches where I was I was in with with big stars. So even if you didn't want to watch my match, um, but you wanted to watch Carlito or you wanted to watch Devon Dudley or whoever, you were going to see me as well because you know what I mean I was part of that. So it was it was it was definitely good for me. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, just before that, of course, you, you had a brief spell as uh, Lewis Sharp, uh, also. So, but we'll we'll move on from that. Uh, so, but what what are your 
do quite a lot of online stuff, of course. Being a big character, that's that's uh, part of the part and parcel. And you you started, I think it was due to you being in what culture pro wrestling, but you started a little mini feud with uh, Simon Miller. Hey, so that 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 was after what culture. Um, it was quite a bad after what culture. I think actually, I can't remember exactly how it came about. Um, I just I just like. Simon Miller's videos, you know what I mean? Um, me and one of my mates would watch them quite often together. Um, and this this was like way, I think I don't think he was covering wrestling at the time when we'd started watching them. Like he was just covering like video games and like that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, like I, I was just sort of a fan of his. Um, and I seen that he was obviously getting into wrestling and stuff. Um, and I seen how some people are reacting to it, you know what I mean? I'd heard, like, I'd be at shows and stuff, um, and people would be, you know what I mean, making comments about it, or just people just being better for the sake of being better, you know what I mean, the way wrestling is. Um, and then I was like, well, I could do something with that, you know what I mean? Um, and I got in touch with him, um, told him who I was, um, and basically said, how about I start giving you abuse online until someone books us? <laughs> like, um, and sure enough, like, I, I, you know what I mean? I was just, I just started hurling abuse at him. Um, and I didn't, I didn't believe a word of any of this, this stuff I was saying, you know what I mean? It was funny because I was getting, I was getting abuse <laughs> back um, from his swarm of fans. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, giving me all this stick when really I was on her side, you know what I mean? Like, I, I believed 100% that he should have been in wrestling, that he did have a place in wrestling. Um, but obviously the, the whole the whole thing was I was telling him he didn't belong here and that he had never worked for it and then, and all the rest of it was, it, in reality, I'd seen right from the second that he got in to wrestling that, there's, that, the, that he's going to be a draw. You know what I mean? That's going to be it would be good for me to work with this guy. Um, I'll enjoy working with this guy, obviously, because I'm a fan of his. And it would be good for him as well, because, like, granted, he might be a big name um, on the sort of, within, like, the internet wrestling community. Um, but when he's when he's in when he's in the wrestling ring, it doesn't matter how many YouTube videos he's made. You know, he, he's, he's still green, you know what I mean? So it would be good for him to to get in at some of the promotions that I work at and maybe, you know what I mean, get in the ring with myself to an extent as well. Um, so it was a win-win situation for us both. Um, and I had a lot of fun doing it as well. Like, I had a lot of fun trolling his fans and stuff. And I like getting... I think that's the main two reasons that I've always been in comedy wrestling and deathmatch wrestling is because I like getting genuine reactions out of people. Um, I think it's very easy to make someone cheer or boo. It's like almost like a programmed reaction at a wrestling show someone comes out and they go come on guys and you cheer or you go they come out and say is this your hero and you boo them you know what I mean like um but it's like deathmatch wrestling comedy wrestling that sort of stuff um gets a, gets a genuine reaction um and I felt like I was getting that from his fans I felt like they were genuinely getting riled up um I remember as well he was doing like a live thing on YouTube and it was like I remember I, I paid like three pounds or whatever so that my comment would be like highlighted in the feed um, and I was like giving him abuse on his own video and everything else, and it was just it was just a lot of fun. Um, and then obviously when when the match came about, um, 
that, that again he, he he done well. Um, and I think he's sort of, I think there was others. I, I don't think it, I know there was a lot of people doubting him. Um, and I think he I think he silenced that. Um, I think there was a lot of people doubting doubting the whole the whole feud the the, the whole series. Um, and again, I, I think I think we. I think we entertained people, um, and I think we we done a good thing that not a lot of people were doing at the time. People weren't really trying to blur the lines between, like uh, every, everyone everyone knows everyone knows the game now. You know what I mean? Um, and no one really tries to to keep kayfabe. So it was just it was just something a bit different, something that he'd obviously never done before, something I'd never done before. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, it's far from finished. You know what I mean? We we've got a lot more still to go with that. Absolutely. I mean, the thing with with uh, yourself doing these videos and, and that you're not afraid to 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 look stupid. Um, oh no, absolutely. absolutely. One, one of my favorite videos. I was looking for it when because we'll speak about Five Star. Uh, one, one of my favorite videos I saw disappeared was when you got into an argument with a child over a sign. And yeah. don't know how it <laughs> happened, but I think you grabbed the sign, threw it down, and then walked and fell over it. See that that one was legit. <laughs> I I wish that I was that funny that I could have thought of that. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like I threw the sign down. It was like a, it was Christmas time and it was a Santa sign. Um, so you know what I mean? Me being a big despicable despicable heel, threw down the Santa sign. I tried to just jump on it, um, but it was like a like a high school gym kind of floor. You know what I mean? It wasn't a high school gym, but it was that that kind of floor. Um, and when I've jumped on the on the poster, it's just slid out from underneath. <laughs> so you know, what I mean, I done like the big ice skating legs. It was like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that. Was, it made for it made for a good video, and it made people laugh. Uh, I, mean, I, I was I was looking for it when I was when I, I found the video of of, of you at five star. I thought I need to put that side by side just for for my own enjoyment at the end of it. <laughs> um, right, so we'll get to five star in a second. So the other other. Matches you've had, you were against Kuma in Discovery, which is a little bit different. Uh, King of King of Cruisers, of course, 2017. You're in the ring with with Drew Parker, um, who's went on to do a lot of of your your death match kind of style. Yeah. Uh, also, um, you defeated Stevie Xavier twice in 2015, which is not bad. <laughs> considering Steve, Stevie's a, an incredible wrestler, like. I'd, I'd say Stevie's my favourite person to wrestle between Stevie, Stevie and Gradle but the problem my two favourite people to wrestle and uh, of course you can wrestle Lucha DS with your with your eyes shut uh, yeah, Lucha, <laughs> Lucha would be one of my favourite people to wrestle but I've wrestled them so much that I hate wrestling Lucha <laughs> uh, no Lucha Lucha would be Lucha would, would be in that, that that as well I love I do love wrestling Lucha um, I, was, I thought it would be a shame I wouldn't uh, mention Lucha at all because yeah, <laughs> you, you guys seem to have when, when I'm doing results and that it's, it's always seems to be right okay it's Lucha oh, he's against Lou of course that's, that's it's just it like it's just it's like we've become like numb to each other now you know what I mean like we just we just know it, again I suppose it's a good thing because even though we know we've wrestled each other a million times. We know we've done these spots a million times. And then the sort of fans that are a bit more clued up, like yourself, you know that this has happened a million times. But if it's in some primary school, these kids have never seen it before. Um, these parents and teachers and janitors, they, 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 they've never seen it before. Um, and all they're going to see it as, they're not going to see it as that match that's happened 
that happens every time there's a family wrestling show in, in Glasgow area. Um, they're just going to see it as a really crisp wrestling match, which is what it always is because because we do know each other so well. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's also it's like it's it's safe as well. Yeah, you, you yeah. Know, you know that that uh, oh, I've got a match with Lucha tonight. You know that right. This is what I'm doing. I'm yeah. gonna have a nice easy night, and uh, I'll I'll hopefully sell some shirts on, on the way as well, and then it's all good. Um, right. We'll speak about five star then because it seems to have, have hit a resurgence right now on the interweb. I don't know if it's because because uh, uh, Matthew is is uh, doing a little documentary about it, um, but uh, you, I put up the video, of course, of you running into the door on the first night of the TV show. Uh, but before then, you were on the tour and yeah. you were a handicap match. One of them was Magnus and Demo, so you're against. NWA heavyweight champion now, and Killian Dane. Yeah, seems a bit of an odd choice <laughs> for, for for five star. I, I, it was, was it was booked like I, I think it must have been booked like an hour before the doors opened. <laughs> like all that was basically, uh, and I, I've actually I've actually spoke with Matthew um, for this documentary, so I, I will I will go into. Um, a bit more detail on each of these kind of things on that. Um, but basically, the, the tour was originally supposed to be myself and Rockstar Spud as a tag team for the first two days. Um, and then on the third night, uh, at the end of the, the second match, we would have split and then wrestled on the on the third night. Um, so obviously, I was heartbroken that, um, that I, I never got to do that match uh, or the matches because um, he had pulled out not, not long um, before, like it was quite last minute, and had sort of pulled in from it because he was on a lot of promotional material as well. Um, so I don't know if he was maybe maybe done this to try and make it up to me, but it was like, oh, um, we're gonna do a spot with you and Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles. Yes, I got that um, down afterwards. So, he, so obviously, <laughs> I came out. Um, I came out dressed a black vest which had like the crown duct taped onto it. Like I'd made it, we made a crown with duct tape, and then I duct taped six one nine, um, and like another crown or something on a pair of just like old Nike jockeys, <laughs> um, and like the, one of those like Rey Mysterio masks that you would get at the merch table, like one of those fake masks. Um, so like I'm 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 in this get up because at this point, oh, they, they haven't even told me that I'm going to be wrestling later. You know what I mean? I'm just this is all I know that I'm doing. Um, and Remy Serial shows up at the venue and I'm assuming obviously that he knows that this spot's going to be happening um, and I'm standing there dressed as Remy Serial <laughs> um, and walked up and was like, how, hi, how you doing mate, I'm Chris, we're going to be wrestling tonight and he had no idea as to why I was standing there dressed as him, <laughs> no one had told him about any of these spots um, and to be honest I don't think he was very happy about it either um, and again, I'm 16 or 17 at this time. Um, so he's like, right, come with me and like furiously marched me over to like AJ Styles. And then they, they like gone back and forth. I can't even remember what they were saying because I was just so, you know what I mean? Worked up and nervous because they, they weren't happy. They didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, and then they say, they, they, they're like, right, you come, you come with us. And then, do you know what I mean? Drag me into this lift. And I'll never forget just standing in this lift. It felt like I was in this lift for about half an hour. We just, do you know what I mean? Ray Mysterio and AJ Styles, both of them pure furious. I'm like, oh, 
I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it, like Dan, the promoter, had to like argue with them for the spot to like go ahead and stuff. So like, you know what I mean? And it, it, nerves could could not have been higher. You know what I mean? Like going into a spot with two wrestling legends who have made it clear that they do not want to be doing this spot. <laughs> um, and then finding out probably about five minutes <laughs> before that. Um, before I went out for that spot that I was going to be wrestling Demo and Magnus in a handicap match and I think that the only reason that match happened was because I was there, Magnus was there, Demo was there and he didn't have a clue what he was doing with either of the three of us <laughs> so Oh, I can't wait, I mean since since Matthew has announced it, I mean this, this will go out publicly uh, about, about a month, in a month's time but um, I'm so buzzing for that because just the, the whole five star thing was just, it, it sounds incredible. I don't know if that's in any way a good thing, but it just sounds incredible. I mean, uh, to know, every, to know every, everyone's like, I, I do get people that ask me about five star a lot, and I think a lot of people expect me to like bury it, but I got paid every week. You know what I mean? Technically, I made more money than Ray Mysterio because he didn't get paid. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I mean, I got, I got paid every week. I was on TV with what was essentially the SmackDown 2006 roster, like that I'd grown up watching, you know what I mean? Um, like, I, I, I hated my job in the tax office. I was working for HMRC at the time. Um, and like, I literally walked into my job and obviously not knowing at the time that it was only going to last a few weeks. But just the fact that I got to do that, like, I just got, I got to walk into like my real job and be like, I quit because I'm a wrestler now. You know what I mean? Like I quit and I'm gonna be on TV. You know what I mean? Um, that was cool. And do you know what? It, it might have only lasted a few, uh, not even a few months, a couple of months, if that. But it was a brilliant couple of months for me. I loved it. Like you know what I mean? My granny got to watch me on TV. That's amazing. That was worth it. It was worth it for that. So, I mean, the selling point for me was was of course. Well, again, much like we said near the start, the selling point for me is I could watch on TV and I can get my wife to watch it. And I had to sell it to her, saying that it was yourself, Jack Jester, uh, and of course your big sexy pal was going to be on the show. So I thought, right, they're on the show. You're going to want to watch it too. And unfortunately, your only appearances were were uh, backstage bits. And I think you got flung about by uh, Tor. Ar- Ar- yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I was very much against that whole idea. Like, I, I didn't really want to do it. I wanted, because... I, I didn't I didn't think it was only going to last a couple of months, but I didn't think it was going to last forever. Um, I don't think, I, I think everyone knew it wasn't going to last forever. Um, so I was like, the short amount of time that we might have on TV, I want to spend it wrestling i want to be in my gear i want i want people to see what i do you know what i mean um and the guy who was like the sort of head at the head of the faction at the time um was very much wanting to stick to that sort of more backstage element and stuff um so it was just a case of, i was like I, I just gotta try and make the most of it um because I was like, if, I, if I'm not gonna, if I'm not gonna be in the ring, and I'm not gonna be wrestling. I still want to show what I, what I can do, um, which is why obviously like drop kicking the door and stuff. Like, obviously it's funny and like, but I wanted, I just wanted, I wanted to be as 
I was like, if I'm going to be backstage and I'm not going to be wrestling, I'm going to be as physical as I can be in each of these segments, you know what I mean? So, like, when the security come and, like, chased us off, you know what I mean? I'm, like, kicking and screaming and they're, like, dragging me out the front door because I wanted, I wanted to to use my time on TV to, to show who looking sharp is instead of just, you know what I mean, cut, cutting funny promos, which would have been, you know what I mean? I, I, I was like, my thing on it was, we could do a funny promo backstage and it'll be funny this week and then next week no one's going to remember it. You know what I mean? Like I, I wanted to, to be physically in there doing something. Um, we were scheduled, obviously, the plan wasn't for us just to do that forever. We were supposed to wrestle on the Manchester show, which was the one that, that was when it got cancelled. So um, it went Belfast. Belfast was the last five-star show. Um, and then there was um, Manchester the week after, which was supposed to be um, pure dead brilliant against Dave Mastiff and someone else. Can't remember who it was. Whoever it was, he was tagging with at that at that uh, point. Big Grizzly, I think it was. He was. If that was it. That's exactly who it was. It was Dave Mastiff and Big Grizzly, um, for the Manchester show, and then obviously that never went ahead. So I was gutted that after drop kicking doors and being so physical backstage that I never got to actually get physical in the ring. Um, but overall, it was still a good experience. Like. I got to I got to work live TV. Um, I got to share a locker room with big big stars. Um, got these same big stars. Um, obviously, watching me doing my thing and stuff and giving me advice and sort of feedback and that kind of thing. Um, and just obviously it was brilliant in te- in terms of like networking. You know what I mean? There's a difference between networking and politics, and you know what I mean. Like just like getting to to meet these kind of stars and stuff um it's just, it's just it's just good for you you know what i mean like one day if i'm in america or if i'm you know what i mean traveling abroad or whatever there's some people that i can i could now message them and say or oh, do you do you think you could maybe you know what i mean speak to someone for me or could you point me in the right direction of of somewhere that i could try and get work and stuff so just uh, everything about five star was good for me um other than quitting my job when I, I probably shouldn't have um but even at that i felt like a gangster so <laughs> so it was worth it so so yeah so we won't labor the point too much but you're kind of loggerheads one one side one half of it wanted to um just pick up the paycheck and just do as little physical as possible where you're you're what, 18 wanting just to just to wrestle um which is, yeah is... I, don't, I don't i don't know if it was necessarily like just wanting to pick up the paycheck um i think it just like had this big like long term thing planned in his head, um, which to me wasn't going to be viable because we weren't going to be on TV long enough for it to have a payoff. You know what I mean? Um, which turned out to be to be right. So, but I, I will say like my two main highlights from Five Star um, was yourself in the door, of course, which I've mentioned and shared too many times now, uh, and of course uh, Krieger getting a crowd to chant for his grant. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I'd thought of that, man. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that. Um, but I fair play and shout out to to Craggle's granny as well. Um, but I, that was well, that was one of the good things about it as well. So you getting to be on TV with Dick, getting to you know what I mean, share that sort of experience with one of my pals. Like that, that that's brilliant. You know what I mean. Get getting to getting to do that with somebody that you care about, and you know what I mean, somebody that 
you you've got a relationship with as opposed to just some somebody that you just work with. You know what I mean? Was was cool. Um, I mean, of course, we, we can't not speak about Krieger. Uh He's well, you've, you've teamed and won tag titles with him in quite a number of places now. Uh, so how did the, the team of yourself and Krieger, whatever it's called, Pure Dead Brilliant, Proper Mental, whatever, it's, it, I don't know if you've actually ever had an official team name the two years. We've, we've had like 16 team names. <laughs> we change it constantly. Um, we've been Pure Mental. We were At one point, we were Proper Mental X, which came about because I mess, a promoter messaged me and asked what a tag team name was, and I said Proper Mental. But I put a kiss at the end of the message <laughs> and he says proper mental X question mark. And I was like, yeah, 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 proper mental X. <laughs> like, just, just because, you know what I mean? Really, just, just to pop myself. Um, and then, sure enough, like the poster was, it was like a big picture of a Viper um, or Piper Niven. Um, and then, like, the only other people on the poster were me and Krager, and it was like also oh, featuring proper mental X. And I was like, the fact that it's not, it's not, I'm expecting this just to be on a match graphic. It was on the poster, you know what I mean? For the the, the, the event poster, you know what I mean? Um, but we were just kind of flung together as a tag team. Um, there was a lot of sort of makeshift tag teams that were getting used at the time. Um, and to be honest, I think the only reason we really got put together was because we both had pink gear. Like, do you know what I mean? We just had similar gear, kind of similar characters, I guess. Krieger hadn't really became Scudmaster sexy quite yet, um, but similar-ish characters. More, I guess we were more just both quite loud, you know what I mean? Quite brash. Um, and I, we were just kind of thrown together, but it just kind of had natural chemistry as well. Um, so there, was, there, was, there wasn't much behind it in terms of us getting put together, but once once it had happened, we, we both realised that it was something that we could we could run with. Um, and Deck was, like, he, he was he was green at the time, you know, I remember him, I've spoke about it a lot of times, I remember him, he was wearing his knee pads, like these old knee pads on the outside of his tights, and I was like, you need to change. You know what I mean? I was like, you are not going out with me looking like some mad pikey wrestler. <laughs> like, it's not happening. Um, and then sure enough, he did change, and his knees looked a lot more professional from, from, from that point on. <laughs> I mean, you beat, well, I think it was Grado and Kenny Williams you beat for the titles uh, and then yeah. held them for like 960 days or something like that. Um, so so do you guys have a, a friendship beforehand or does that kind of just grow with you guys? Being not, a team? Not, not, not really. Like, we, we, we spoke and stuff and we wrestled each other a couple of times in like multi-man matches and different tag matches and stuff. Um it's just we just didn't really talk, you know what I mean? Like he came from the Edge school and I was at the Barhead school and stuff. So we just hadn't really crossed each other's paths that much. Um and then obviously me and Deck have a really similar sense of humour. Um, which I think played about a big sort of a big part in the the stuff that um we, we ended up doing. Um obviously we eventually we started doing like the sexy dance and, and all that kind of stuff. Um just I it's 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 been brilliant tagging with Dick. I remember um, the, the sexy dance came about because have you ever seen, if you've ever seen the film Night of the Roxbury where they Vogue and, like in the car at the start, um, I was try basically I was trying to learn how to Vogue and I couldn't do it, so I come up with a sexy dance instead. Um, yeah, I, I have not seen that film, but yeah, the, the team 
like you're saying, you're, you're, you're both loud. And I don't know whether yourself or, or, or Craig are just putting on, but you, you come out just so confident and whether it's uh, an act, whether you're just uh, not <laughs> underneath, but it, it's just so, it's like ludicrously confident when you come out in your pink gear and your uh, sexy dancing and uh, the, again, it's the, again, the extension of your mother's favourite wrestler, the grinding and and all that kind of stuff. It's just... I, th- I think, I think, I think, like, a lot of it is just us trying to pop each other. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I've always said, and I say this when I'm training people and stuff as well, is that if, having a good time is infectious. Um... And if you're enjoying yourself, and it, even even if even from a heel, like I think that was one of the things that helped me a lot when I was younger and starting was that people people wanted to boo me because obviously they knew that that's what you were supposed to do to the bad guy, but they wanted to get involved. They wanted to react to me because they knew I was having such a good time and they wanted to be part of it. You know what I mean? Um, and I think a lot of the stuff with me and Krieger is very similar. Like I'm trying to make him laugh. And he's trying to make me laugh, you know what I mean? And we're both laughing, we're both having a good time, we're both enjoying ourselves, and it, it's infectious. People want people want to be part of it. Then, you know what I mean? People then want to see this sexy dance, and they want to see the spot where Mahid gets stuck up his ass and all the rest of it. And we would always think, like, we still do. Obviously, we've got a bit more serious these days, but like we would always be like thinking of these like ridiculous comedy spots and stuff and like I said like me like me getting my head stuck up his ass and all that kind of stuff like just because we're just we're just trying to have a good time you know what I mean um but at the same time I do know that if, if we're gonna have a good time people are gonna have one with us I mean I'm just I'm just remembering back when you won the tag titles at WrestleZone I, I fell victim to 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 yourself throwing yourself on me so I, yeah <laughs> I, I know I know it's like it's just like it, it almost seems like you, you guys are making each other laugh to the point where it's making the regular fans just annoyed. It's like, no, no, you're the bad guys. Why are you enjoying yourself? You should be. <laughs> you shouldn't be enjoying I, yourself. You should get beaten up. <laughs> see, like the the whole like getting like people involved, like yourself and your girlfriend as well. Like, I think that's something that not a lot of people do, um, and I think it's something that a lot of people, a lot of people should be trying to do, um, and that's creating moments that's what wrestling's about it's creating memories and creating moments like it doesn't it doesn't really matter if you had a five-star match you know what i mean you can go out and have a two-star match but make everyone remember you because of because of some interaction you know what i mean um you can have a brilliant match and people won't remember it next week you know what i mean because somebody else had a, a better match or somebody else had a match that was just as good and now their match is the talk of the town you know what i mean but um but I bet you and your girlfriend didn't ever really, really do you know what I mean? You, you didn't stop talking about that time I came out and, you know, what point, I mean, pointed at or, 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 like people remember like when I come out and I grinded on them or remember, remember that time that wrestler came out and he grinded on mum. I remember that time he squared up to dad. Do you know what I mean? Like it creates memories for people and it creates moments and, you know what I mean? Even if they might not remember any of the matches, but they'll remember me because of what I've done. I've gave, I made them part of the show for, a, a moment or two, you know what I mean? Absolutely, um, and it, it's good. It's good to do. It. I, I'm in total agreement with you. That that's it, it's coming from, from a long time watching. Yeah, wrestling's about moments. I can tell you. Um, that's why when I find doing reviews the next day when I'm watching shows live, I find them difficult because I don't, I don't remember the wrestling. 
I remember the the, the emotional points. Yeah. So I, yeah. I could I watched a match that was maybe had five wrestling moves in total, but because yeah. they had such a story coming into it, and then they built it was almost panto, but it was like they built a story within that ten minutes. I was fully invested for one yeah. move, and then that was it. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean re- wrestling's easy. When when you think about it, it's just it's just doing wrestling. It. Wrestling's a lot a lot simpler than people make it. Absolutely. Um, so we've got Oriental Wrestling Entertainment, of course. Yeah, you're globe trotting. Uh, you're over in China with your with your uh, little brother Rob Sharp, uh, and you caused a riot. If I remember, <laughs> if I remember rightly at the time. Yeah. Uh, how'd that go? <laughs> um. So obviously, China's. Um, what I call when I, I call it the, the LKS Dojo, I call it an emerging market. Um, so it's, it's new to wrestling. You know what I mean? They've, they've not really they've not really seen it before. There has been promotions there before, but China's such a big country that if there, if there was a promotion in Beijing, that doesn't mean it. And in Shanghai, you know what I mean? It's it's China's a huge country. Um, so a lot of these people have never ever seen wrestling before, and they think that it's real. Like they they don't they don't realize that it's obviously it's a work, um, so it was really cool in that sense because to me, it felt totally unique in the sense of like it was like going back in time to like wrestling in the seventies. You know what I mean? Like like Puerto Rico or something where wherever where people don't realize that it's a work and everyone legit hates you. Um, and like I was saying earlier, I want I want to get legit reactions, genuine genuine emotion from people, genuine responses, and that's what you were getting every single time. You know what I mean? Um, but they were like, it, basically, they, they thought it was real, and it it, it wasn't it like we'd done like anything like super controversial or anything. Um, the the boys that we were feuding with, um, they they beat us, and then I jumped them with a chair, um, started beating on them with a chair. And I turned around and it was just a big Chinese dude. You just like, do you know what I mean? Swinging for me, you know what I mean? And I moved and I just, I felt his fist, like, do you know what I mean? Like the hairs on his arms grazing my nose, you know what I mean? Like, if he, he's a big dude, man. Like, if he'd hit me, I'd have been out, you know what I mean? Um, and there wasn't there wasn't any barriers. They just put like, um, like bunting, like round, <laughs> round, the, round the side. Um, and then sure enough, I turned around. And there was a, I swear to God, there's a, there's a, another Chinese guy and he's like mid air. <laughs> you know, as if he just jumped like, <laughs> he was like mid air and one of his security like grabbed him and like caught him. You know what I mean? And like, you know what I mean? So I grabbed him. Um, and the rest of the security came and like grabbed me and Rob and like, get backstage, get backstage. You know what I mean? Took us away. Um, so we were just kind of laughing about it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Imagine he caught me and the rest of it. We didn't really think there was anything much more to it than. What had happened, like at, at ringside, um, because it, it doesn't look like a big thing either. You know what I mean? Even when you watch it back and stuff, like you can see the guy, but it, you see, you know what I mean? it just doesn't look like much. Um, so I take my gear off and whatever, and there was like a little shop beneath the beneath the venue. So I was gonna go out for a smoke, go to the shop, whatever. Um, and the booker's like, no, 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 no. Do you know what I mean? Like, stop making out the door. And I'm like, get out of here. You know what I mean? I'm trying to need a fag. <laughs> Let me out. Um, and he's like, no, 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 no. Too dangerous. Too dangerous. People are outside and they're waiting for you. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he was like, there's people outside. You can't go out yet. So this is at halftime. And we were on, like, maybe second match or something. Um, 
So I was like, like China, you can smoke indoors and stuff anyway. And like, so I was like, whatever, you know what I mean? I just went backstage. Um, and later on, like the show's finished, do you know what I mean? And it, all of us are changed and we only live like at the, like at the venue and uh, our apartment was on like more or less the same street. Um, so we didn't have far to go. So we, we were all getting ready to walk home and they're like, no, you, you can't, you guys can't leave. Like, because they're all still out there. Like waiting on you kind of thing, um, and yeah, people would basically had thought that we were these like big evil Westerners who'd come in to disrespect the Chinese and whatever else. And um, yeah, they, there was an angry mob waiting outside for us. They 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 really kicked off. Man. That's so. When you're there, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and you caused a riot in. <laughs> In one of the biggest countries in the world, <laughs> that is insane. That that's yeah. So so, it was just about how did you get into to OWE? Is it because I think they had a partnership with uh, AEW for a split second? I don't know whether it's yeah still... yeah. And uh, the the whole like, I don't think I've ever spoken about it publicly before, but when I left for OWE, like I was. I thought I was gone. You know what I mean? Like, I thought, like, you know what I mean? Me and, and my, my fiancé both, um, well, she, I, I got engaged when I went to China. She wasn't my fiancé yet, but we both quit our jobs. Like, we moved, both of us moved to China. You know what I mean? I, I was living in China. Um, and that's because the guy who had sort of arranged this stuff with OWE, like, he, he sort of got in touch with me. No, sorry, I got in touch with him. I just I, I just had him on Facebook. He was just a random guy. And he was like, oh, if there's any wrestlers looking to go to China, then get in touch. Um, and obviously I was like, I'll, I'll go to China. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, he was like, oh, it's this company, OWE, and they're tied in with AEW and all the rest of it. And the way he had sold it to me was as if I was going to like developmental for AEW. Um, so he, and so that's the impression that Rob was under as well. Um, and that, like, he was telling they told us that when, when you got off your flight in China, there's going to be people waiting for you with cameras, and you know what I mean, people taking pictures of you and everything. It's going to be this big press thing, and it's this really this huge deal, and everything else. And you know what I mean, he's he's going to we'll basically gene it up that we are going to be these huge, huge stars, um, out in China. And how am I to know any different? You know what I mean? I, like, I've never been in China, so I, I just, I'm just buying all of this. Um, and then we got off the plane, you know, like, so your, your translator will be there. So a translator is going to be there, presumably, and amongst this sea of media and all these people that are all waiting to see us. Obviously, there was no one there, and our translator did not speak a lick of English. <laughs> um, so we, we, we showed up. Um, our first, we showed up to our flat. Um, you've got to be started on OWE, so you're like, be read this, this, this might need to be a two part on this. <laughs> like, we, we showed up, um, and our first night in a new flat, there was human feces in the, in the clothes, <laughs> like, oh, like, man. follow it, like that way, you know, that way you can tell. I like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't, I, I can't, I can't specify the differences, but you can tell when it was a dog and you can tell when it was a person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> someone, somebody had dropped their kegs in the close, man. Um, so obviously it was nowhere near as glamorous as um, as I thought it was going to be. Um, 
but it was a, a brilliant learning experience. Um, it was brilliant getting to to be on on, on TV. Um, obviously, I did ex- I did think there was going to be a lot more of a connection to AEW. Obviously, I did do my best to try and make some sort of connection between myself and AEW when the Women's Battle Royal came up. Um, the Women's Casino Battle Royale, I was running spots in the living room with my fiance's high heels on and running an old international spot and a pair of heels, which I'm sorry, right? But as talented as AEW roster are, and they can do some truly spectacular stuff that I've never ever seen before and that nobody's ever ever seen before, but I challenge any member of that roster, bar the woman, to do as well in a pair of high heels as I do. Because I am um, better in high heels than I'm proud to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we add, add it to the CV. We've got the, they've got the dojo. So, so one, uh, one seminar could be wrestling in heels. Exactly, mate, exactly. Never rolled an ankle or nothing. <laughs> that, that actually brings us perfectly into the, the LKS dojo. Uh, but before I do that, there, you've had a fair few tag teams over the years. Yeah. Uh, we, we, of course, with Krager, uh, also had GTA with Donny T. Uh, had Toll Family as well with Sakiba Ali and, and Crystal. Uh, and I think a, a Scotland's sharpest tag team as well, which I didn't write down uh, with Lucy Cole. So is just tag wrestling something that you just enjoy uh, or do you prefer singles? I think it's something that I'm good at. Um, I definitely enjoy it because in a singles match you can't tag out when you're gassed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like it's not it's not something that I specifically was like, oh, I'm going to get at tag wrestling. It was more something that I just sort of found myself in. Um, and again, just like I was, all, I was in a million different tag teams my entire career. I was always, you know what I mean, in with with someone at various promotions, you know what I mean? Um, so when it came time to do, obviously, me and Craig, it's like a career tag team. Um, that was obvious. Obviously, I had a lot of experience in it before, and it definitely was, it was a big sort of leg up um, in terms of, like, tag psychology and that kind of thing. Like, I was already sort of very aware of that. A lot of tag teams would need to kind of, find that with each other whereas I think me and Dick had like a natural chemistry and I was already kind of I'd already been working a lot of tag wrestling up until that point and um, whereas now it's like totally turned Dick is like an amazing amazing tag psychologist and like I'm learning things from him you know what I mean um but yeah, well, yeah it, was, it wasn't anything that I set out to do but I'm, I'm glad where I landed uh, and from that of course all that experience uh you said when you, you had that match uh, with Nitro Green at, at Danks, that's you think that was your first night as the Blood Tourist. Um, so is this just the the next evolution? What you kind of wanted to do, being the ECW fan? And yeah, up, like, you would be the deathmatch guy. Comedy wrestling was was very much similar to what I was saying about tag wrestling. It was just something. It was something that I was good at, and something that I found myself doing a lot. Um, but wasn't necessarily what I'd set out to do. Um, just obviously being a smaller guy and stuff and being a bit of a loudmouth, like people naturally took to the, the sort of comedy aspect of doing it and stuff, but there was always, always, always was that part of me that wanted to be doing hardcore wrestling. Because um, it's always 
what I like. Not necessarily deathmatch wrestling so much. I mean, I'll abs- absolutely will will do it. You know what I mean? Um, no problem at all with that. But like, kind of brawling more was what I was into. That kind of like, uh, I guess like Steve Austin would be an example of someone like that. You know what I mean? Like New Jack. You know what I mean? Just kind of wild. You know what I mean? Bit of madness. Um, that's always what I was into and I always wanted to do that and I think even when I was doing the comedy stuff there was always I would always try and plan a spot where I would spill into the crowd and everything else and that's when I was really enjoying myself you know what I mean that's when I was doing what I really wanted to be doing um, and then later on I was like I just kind of felt like, I was like I've established myself as looking sharp I've you know what I mean I've shown that I know what I'm doing um, I think for a long time I was too scared to, to change it because I was like oh no I've, I've I've done I've done this for so long and this that's what people want and I was like I think people were confident enough in Chris Forbes that as as a as a performer that I can that I can change the looking sharp character and people will still be invested in it um, and obviously Denmark with with the first to kind of let me do it I was I was trying to do it over here. Um, I was trying for a long time. I was trying to convince people to let me do it, and people just weren't having it. You know what I mean? They didn't didn't see why I wanted to be doing that. Um, I think a lot of promoters and stuff didn't want to. They were like, "All right, well, if you're going to do that, can you still be other looking sharp for me?" And I was kind of like, "Well, no." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is what I'm doing now. Um, and if I do that for you, then everyone will just ask me to keep doing the same thing and I'll never get to evolve. I'll never be able to change with the times. Eventually, I'll just become stagnant. Um, so no one over here was really for letting me do it. Um, and then obviously DPW let me let me go go a bit wild. Um, CCW started letting me go wild. And then eventually ICW gave me the death match with Crowbar. And I think um, I guess I honest a lot of would-be critics. Um, with that match, I think a lot of people sort of doubted me. Um, and I don't, I don't blame them. Like when you think death match wrestling, you think these big guys. You know what I mean? You think Zandig and Matt Tremont and guys like that. You know what I mean? Big, bigger, heavier guys. Um, so I don't really fit that bill. I don't, I don't look like that. But I think I, I and I used the the crowbar match to show that. Um, that's exactly why I can stand out in the sort of death match scene. Because I'm not, I'm not one of the, I'm not a bigger guy, I'm not a heavy guy, you know what I mean. I am, but I'm willing to go just as wild, if not wilder, than anybody else in that in that circle. Absolutely. I mean, it also fits. I mean, when you're doing the 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 original looking sharp character, of course, you'd have that moment where you'd have your temper temper tantrum, and then you'd become that wild, uh, wide eyed, uh, just like scrappy do kind of thing. Uh, so it, it's not unreasonable to think that you could do. I mean, Spike Dudley probably yeah. being the best example of of kind of what uh, a deathmatch wrestler. It's not the was it not the size of the I can't remember the phrase. Uh, it's, not, it's not the size of the fight and the dog. It's the size of the dog and the fight. It's every round. Size of the, yeah. <laughs> not the size of the dog and the fight. It's the size of the fight and the dog. Um, so it's it's always worked. The the little guy, the smaller guy, trying to. Uh, brawl his way through the the bigger guys. So I don't know why it, it took so long for folk over here to embrace it. I mean, the first time I saw you do that character here, 
outside of SW, uh, would have been uh, Fair City. I did a, a couple of matches there where you were just you just came in. I think it was against Jason Reed. You came in, just battered him, yeah. and then left. <laughs> and, uh, I I think because I, I was trying to review it, and I, I thought I've got no moves written down here because you literally came in, scrapped him, and then pinned him, and then just left. <laughs> I still loved it. I don't know how nothing nothing happened. Yeah, and do business leave. You <laughs> exactly. Know I, mean. I think it was like not even five minutes, and it was it was just <laughs> incredible. Um, so you brought all that experience now during lockdown. You've opened up the the LKS dojo. Uh, yeah. Why? Why did you start the LKS dojo? Like, I I had no intentions of doing this. <laughs> like, I had no plans of doing this at all. Like I just after um, the recent sort of changes with the training schools in Scotland, um, there was a big group of guys who were sort of wondering where where to go. Um, I feel like they were just sort of left kind of drifting. Um, so I basically I'd seen a lot of wrestling schools and stuff where given their students um, like online seminars and these kind of things um, obviously during lockdown where they can't be physically training and I was just like but well, that's a shame for these guys because they they don't have a training school that can offer them that now um, and they're just kind of left to just they they don't they don't have any wrestling until you know wrestling physically kicks off again um, and until then, they might just be left to, to fall out of love with the business. Um, so I was like, I want to I want to keep these people interested. Do you know what I mean? Because I want to let them know that there is still like there's still people out there. Do you know what I mean? That are here to help them. You know what I mean? We're here to, to make you better and help you progress. Um, or that are, we're willing to. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I I contacted a big group of them, um, and I was like, right, okay, I'll do um, I'll do an online class. Um, no, sorry, they, they'd asked for an online class um, and asked if anyone would do it, and I said I would do it. So I was like, I'll do it for you, um, I'll do it for free. Um, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll, th I'll, think, I'll think of something. Um, and I reached out to the Danes as well, because I've, I've got a big hand in sort of coaching those guys at, um, at Copenhagen Championship Wrestling. Um, so I posted on that group, and I was like, oh, how you doing? I'm doing a, um, I'm doing a class for some of the, the local guys in my area um, if anyone wants to join they can kind of thing and originally it was just like a little group chat on messenger um, and then I, eventually someone people were asking you know can, can we add someone else into this like well, one of my friends wants to join kind of thing do, do you mind and you know, you're doing it for free and whatever else I was like yeah it's free I don't mind anything. if someone can get use out of it they might as well um, and then I clicked on it I was like oh it was like it's like 30 people in this group chat and I was like, you know what I mean, it's taking off all right. And I was like, I was getting so many messages on this group chat because of so many people. I was like, I'll make this a, a group, like a Facebook group, as opposed to a chat, just purely just to avoid the, the constant dinging on my phone. Um, it started off, we had like 30 members, like obviously the people that came across from the chat. Um, and then it went out very quickly like i told people just invite people you know what i mean anyone who wants to join can join it's up to anyone it very quickly went up to 50. um 
I remember going in and like saying to my mum and stuff and be like, oh, I've got like, I've got 50 people on my, on my group now, you know what I mean? There's people, there's people taking interest. And by the time I told them that it went up to 50, it already went up to 80, you know what I mean? And um, we had, you know, the people from like nine countries or something, there's like genuinely the students from all, all over the world. Um, originally, obviously there was always a plan to bring in guests um as any school would but i felt like i felt almost hypocritical because i always teach um at seminars and stuff i always say anything i tell you um it's just my opinion it's just how i do things it's just you know it's just my thoughts um but don't just take my opinion go and hear someone else's because you know what i mean they might they might they might put it better than i do you know what i mean they might tell you something that i can't they might tell you something i don't know um, and that you should learn from from everyone. One of the one of the one of the to, to drop a name. It was it was Finn Balor that told me it, and he says every single time, either a class or a match, seminar, whatever with, with somebody, they give you a piece of their jigsaw puzzle, right? So every time you wrestle a match, you get your piece, and it's up to you to decide which pieces you want to keep and which pieces you want to throw away. But all the pieces that you keep, you put them, you take everybody's wee piece and you put them all together and you make your own big picture from all of these different influences. Um, and I've, I always tell people that and it's something that's always stuck with me. So I thought, well, I want to give these guys a chance to get as many different pieces as possible because there's no point in me giving them 100 pieces because they're all going to look the same. Plus they're all going to look similar. Whereas I, I can, if I can give them a hundred different, completely different pieces, it's a hundred different, completely different pieces of, of knowledge. It's a hundred completely different aspects on wrestling, completely different mindsets and ways of thinking. Like the first two classes, uh, sorry, the first three, there was, um, there's Krieger coming up, Selena De La Renta from MLW and um, Big Buffa as well, who, um, who I lived with in China. He's done a lot um, out in Japan for the likes of like Zero One and stuff. Um, but that's, just Krieger, Selena and Buffer, that's three, three different scenes altogether. You know what I mean? You've got Krieger on the UK scene, you've got Selena on the, the US scene under a contract on television, and then you've got Buffer working on all over Asia and Japan and China, Southeast Asia and stuff like doing a lot. So it's it's three completely different ways of looking at things, and I think that's the best way of learning. Um, I had no intention of like really making making a big thing out of it but then when i realized that so many people were interested and so many people were into it and i had so many people messaging me as well just thanking me and say you know what i mean thanks for starting the group and stuff because it's going to give them it's going to give them something to to focus on it's going to keep them thinking about wrestling keep their minds active and stuff and you know when 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 i realized that it was such a good thing i was like well then why not you know what i mean no one else is no one else is really doing it um and it'll benefit me as well. Like I'll be, I'll be at each of these classes. You know what I mean? Like I'm the, I'm probably the the only guy who's guaranteed to be at every single one of these seminars. So as much as it's my name on the the Facebook group, like I'm still gonna be learning. You know what I mean? I'm not like the coach. I will be a coach. Um, I'll I'll take seminars from time to time. But to be honest, like I'll take a seminar when when I if you know, if, I, if I'm struggling to find a guest, because I would rather give you someone else's point of view, you know what I mean, and give you, I'll give you, I'll give you my own point of view when I feel like it's needed, 
if I feel like I've got something that I, that I need to tell you, I'll come in, I'll message you, I'll watch one of your matches, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you on the group. Um, whereas in terms of just listening to someone, listen to different people, you know what I mean? Don't just listen to me or you're just going to... If you only listen to me, you can only learn as much as I know. You know what I mean? If you listen to everyone, you can learn more. You can you can know more than anyone in theory. Um, I think I guess I guess my sort of role on the on the group is just generally trying to sort of motivate them, help out how I can. Um, again, not so much not so much a coach kind of thing. Like um, like I made a, I made a post on the group um, about dealing with anxiety um before you know like if you're if you're if you're dealing with some if you're feeling some anxiety before your match kind of thing um or dealing with failure you know what i mean like maybe maybe you have had you've been on a run of bad matches you've not been doing too great you know what i mean maybe maybe you've just lost some work or something you know what i mean how to cope with that and how to deal with that um so just sort of the more emotional effects it will have on yourself um and just try to maybe just say, and I'm not speaking to anyone in particular. I'm just making posts on this on this group for everyone to see, um, and just just try to help out how I can. Um, I'll post if um, if there's any promoters and stuff that I talk to or that are in the group themselves and that kind of thing, and they are willing to take some resumes or look at some footage or whatever from people on the group. Or if I just see a promotion that happens to be looking for new talent, then I'll link everyone on the group to that to that page you know what i mean i taught them all how to um make their own wrestling cv and what should be on it and been teaching them a wee bit about reaching out to to promoters and how to find work on your own and all that kind of thing um and i guess it's just a, a larger scale version of what i've what i was doing in denmark um because if everybody's better and everybody's doing better it's only going to benefit the the, the business overall. Um, I think a lot of people have got it in their mindset that indie wrestling isn't coming back from this and that indie wrestling is uh, like post-COVID-19, uh, post indie wrestling's going to be kind of finished and I very much want to prove that wrong. Like, and if I can help anyone on the scene whatever way I can, then I want to do that and I want to help people get to that kind of next level. Like, I got a lot of people who message me and they say, how, how did you get Denmark? How did you get China? How did you all these these different things? I got it because I because I because I asked. You know what I mean? Like, how come I'm not getting Denmark? How come I'm not going to Europe? Have you asked? Have like, because they're not just going to come to you. You know what I mean? The German, they don't they don't care about Scottish wrestling. They're watching WWE the same way we are. You know what I mean? Like, just because you know, you, you got some buzz in, in in Scotland doesn't mean people in Germany and Denmark and various other places are, are gonna know who you are. So it's a case that you got you got to you got to reach out and, and do it yourself. And I want to want to do what I can to to help people put their best foot forward when they are reaching out. Um I want to help people realise that wrestling is not just the UK, the US, Mexico and Japan. There is an entire world full of wrestling. I want people to discover new scenes. You know what I mean? I want people in Denmark and stuff as well. I want I want them to to have contacts over here. You know what I mean? I want the people over here to have contacts in Denmark. I want people to be able to network as well as get better. You know what I mean? I just I don't know. I just I just I guess I just generally want, want to help out how I can. 
I mean, well, seven years, seven, eight years, you've built up this this network of, of contacts all over the world, uh, from from Chris Silvio and and to and to to China. Uh, even if it was a, a pipe dream that sold to you, it was still an experience going to China and the possibility, the opportunity to go to AEW, possibly. Um, I mean, and you want to leave leave the the wrestling scene better than you came into it, I suppose, because 2013. Yeah. It, it, the boom was what 2015, I would say. Yeah, um, yeah, give or take. Yeah, and then it, it, it's hit a dip again. But um, for one, I mean, obviously COVID being the big reason why it's hit that dip because there's very little places that can or uh, or should be running at this stage, and it's definitely in the UK, nobody should really be running in the UK. Um, but it's just it's one of those things. But yeah, I mean. From our very brief chats after shows and even just the odd Facebook message, Twitter message, uh, it's very clear that, that you're just just passionate about wrestling. So the fact that you're Absolutely. able to kind of just circumvent it into a group that you're able to um, give other people opportunities. Cause I know uh, Pro2 have, have uh, sent Kurt Johansson, who you spoke to for an interview, who we've spoke to several times now as well, um, to, to your seminars to to take CVs to, uh, yeah, to Kurt, Kurt was Kurt was already attending, like um, so he was he was he was already attending the classes and stuff, um, and then Pro Two have um, have obviously gave him that kind of that kind of role within the company and the fact that he's already on the group, it's great to to have some eyes on the on the group as well. Um, and there are, there is a lot of promoters and stuff in there as well. There's off the top of my head, I think there's five Scottish promoters on there. Um, there's at least two Danish promoters, um, as well as just you know, there's I've lost track of the guys on there. It used to be that I knew everyone that was on the group. Now I now I don't know a lot of the, the people that are on there. Um, but again, the classes are open to anyone, and it's just uh, it's just a service that's there if if you want to use it, kind of thing. Absolutely, I, th I think I'm in that group somehow. Uh, I'm <laughs> in the group, so I'm hoping to to try if. if I've got that many podcasts coming up. I'm trying to, to find an evening where I'm totally free because, you know, real life and all that to try and jump into one of these seminars. I'm really Absolutely. keen to try and get into that Kriger one. So I'm going to see what my what my schedule that day is. Because, uh, again, like you've been saying, uh, Kriger's just has one of those minds as well and he's, he's become this tag team genius. Uh, Absolutely. And so. I, th I think the class is like, it's not just for wrestlers. Like, I, I, I had a lot of fans reaching out to me and stuff, and it was like, oh, they, they wanted to to come to the to, to the seminars and stuff, and it was like, people, I, I, it's for people who are involved in wrestling, but that that doesn't just mean wrestlers. So like, we got announcers on there, we got referees, we got wrestlers, managers, obviously there's. Um, yourself and Kurt who hosts like podcasts and that kind of thing um, and it's going to be a it's going to be a service and a facility for everybody you know what I mean it's going to be it's going to it's not just going to be for for wrestlers obviously we've got Selena De Laurenta coming in um, who's um, she, has, she, has a, she has a wrestler as well but I'd say a sort of main role would be as a, the executive producer um, for for MLW Um that like someone who works in that kind of role is a benefit to to anyone involved in wrestling because obviously she she can tell you exactly what these these big companies are looking for and if you're not 
in a sort of a wrestling or performance role. And um, so just feel like you, yourself, for example, and um, feel like a content creator. She's a, a, again, she's a great person to listen to because she's an executive, the executive producer for, you know, an a internationally broadcast television program. So in terms of creating content, she knows she knows what she's talking about. You know what I mean? Um, and I definitely do plan to get um, like more announcers and referees and that kind of thing on taking classes as well as wrestlers down the line because, like I said, um, it's, it's for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's Fife Pro Wrestling Asylum is the other one that, that seemed to be bringing in uh, the guests as well. So between yourselves and, and them, I think they had they had, they had David Wilson recently. And I suppose yeah. from a fan perspective, they looked at it and go, why would they have a photographer do this? But they need to remember, David's been watching wrestling in the UK since well, before oh, yeah, absolutely. most of us. Absolutely. And it's, it's got the experience of uh, photogenic moments and stuff that people need to remember and moments and like we're saying moments is what yeah you, absolutely what you remember absolutely because uh, i think there was uh, maybe ian skinner i think his one of his when we were speaking to him uh, i was speaking to him he, he was saying that he doesn't remember what happened in the first match he saw but if there was a photo that david put up of of a dive into the crowd and he was in the background of that picture getting dived on and it's like that's that's your moment You'll yeah never absolutely absolutely uh, so outside of of that, you also uh, you're recently announced as being one of the trainers at Respect, as yeah. well. Um, it's it's I could say I, I will keep going back to it, but it's just unbelievable. Twenty three, how much experience you've you've got, how much of a network you've got, and now that I think if if anyone else went into it and went right, I'm twenty three, I'm going to do a, an online seminar. This is my network, this is my dojo kind of thing. They'd go, why you're too young yeah. and then we look through your cv i mean i only intended to write half a page of notes for this kind of thing and then <laughs> when i was going through your matches i was like no i have to speak about this no i have to speak <laughs> about this oh no i need to speak about this as well it's just it's unbelievable and uh, it's, it's now a family business as well of course because uh i didn't write it down uh, if your relation but uh, is your cousin Owen Jacks. Former, former Owen like Jimmy Jacks. Pierce now. He's uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Pierce. Pierce now. Yes. Changed his name. Don't know why, but he did. <laughs> so, so did did you kind of dra drag him in, or did he uh, show an interest in wrestling? Did you have any yeah, involvement? Yeah, he, 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 he was always into it. Um, like even when we were kids and stuff, you know what I mean? Like we would like play with like the, the like uh, wrestling action figures and stuff together. And um, yeah, he, he was he was he was always into it. Um, and then I lied about his age to get him into training. <laughs> um, it wasn't until like years later that they they realised that James is actually three years younger than he's supposed to be. <laughs> like, um, or like however young he was. Um, I know he was too young anyway. Um, because I, I vividly remember lying about his age. <laughs> um, but yeah, he got he, he was. Younger than I was when I started, so he must have been about ten or eleven or something. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, he was just—he was. I'm sure you won't mind me saying it now. When he was, when when James started, to um, Joe Pierce started, he was—he was a heavy wee boy. Um, he reminded me uh, Penfold for Danger Mouse. Um, he was he each of cheeks and all that. Um, but he's he's fair. Come on. Um, I've always done my best to, to try and get them about and stuff where, where I can um, without making things obviously too easy for them and 
you know what I mean, giving him a sort of unfair advantage. But I am, I've obviously I've got him out of, done a bit of training with me in Denmark and stuff. Um, you know, worked a couple of matches for me down south and stuff. Um, and he's really, really came on and he's in cracking, cracking shape now. Um, better, better shape than me. Um, which isn't hard, but, <laughs> but he's um, but he's 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 in good good shape now, um, and yeah, I do I, I do I do think he's one to watch. Um, I've seen seen a lot of lot of sort of younger talent getting getting a lot of big chances on ICW and stuff. I've not seen him on there yet, um, which is something that I'll certainly be be hoping to see um, in in the future because I think he I think he's definitely ready. Um, I think the term under underrated gets um, gets thrown thrown about a lot. Um, but I definitely I definitely think he's he's underrated. Um yeah, I think if he took a wee while finding himself, you know what I mean? I think for for a long time he was just looking sharp in different gear. <laughs> um but he's definitely he's definitely come into his own now. Um and I definitely think he's gonna be one to watch when, when things get back to it. Yeah, I do remember him from the Rock and Wrestle shows when, when he was part of the, the Upstarts as well, Logan Smith. But let's speak about the WWE Network then. So all this, this humongous CV that you've got, you've done live TV with Five Star. Um, you've, you've done, I think, o, I think OWE were on Fight at some point, Fight Network. They were on um, Fight and they were, they were on Chinese national TV as well, so that was pretty cool. So, so you, you've had a few eyes on you now. And now, as of what, October last year, you know, on the WWE Network. So, how? What were your thoughts when you were told that, that the shows that you're recording, um, obviously when when uh, safety precautions were in place, uh, they were going to be on the WWE Network? See, I had a kind of weird experience of it because I knew that we were going on the network before anybody else, and I had to keep quiet about it for like six months, which was really really hard. Um, I don't know. I don't know what he was doing. Like, I, I guess he's uh, maybe just just hoping for the best, hoping that I've maybe been signed and not told him. Um, but my uncle, who runs Advocating Wrestling, so shout out to them. Give him a, uh, a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Um, he just messaged me while while I was in China and just sent me a screenshot of, you know, like on on the network it says like moments and you can like jump to moment kind of thing, um, and it was this moment uh, looking sharp confronts Krieger um before the before a match or whatever. Um it was a promo where I'm asking him to spank me with a bum bag. Um yes. so <laughs> he sent me a screenshot and then like of that on the network. But this was before ICW was on the network, before ICW and all that had all been announced to even be going on the network. And I was like, nah that, that that's not right. That's that's weird. And I was like, what happens when you click it? And he was like, what just it goes to it's like a dead link kind of thing, um, but it is there. So I sent it to, to Scott from ICW, and I was like, "Tell me what is going on? <laughs> Why am I on the network?" <laughs> like, um, and sure enough, they'd actually they'd, they were using just that promo as like um, I guess just to test like the footage of all the um, ones to use. Yeah, I know, I know. Of, of, like, of all of, of all of the stuff from ICW Progress evolved, that was for whatever reason they decided to use um, a promo of me getting my bum bag, my, my mask tanned with a bum bag, um, as the tester footage. Um, so it was it was really really hard to to keep quiet about it, especially when it took so long to come to fruition, like to to actually come good. Um, 
because for I started to doubt it and I was like, well, maybe it's not happening anymore. And I'm like, I should just upload that screenshot so people know. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, but, but yeah, it was hard to keep quiet about it. But when it when it finally came good, like, you talk, you talk about like, a dream come true, you know what I mean? Like, I, like every, everything about it was like blowing me away. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on the WWE Network app. Look, you can search my name. I was suggested search. You know what I mean? Like, just all like these tiny, tiny wee things. You know what I mean? That like just blew my mind. Like, everybody, anybody tells you you don't want to be involved with WWE or don't want to work with WWE in some aspect, or if at least haven't, you know, thought about it and had that dream. You know what I mean? Is lying. Like, I don't care how cool you are on the internet, you know what I mean? I don't care how many display pictures you've set to a picture of Kota Abushi. Like, everybody, everybody, if you get into the business, the, the dream is to, do you know what I mean? To, to If you get into any industry, the dream is to perform on the biggest stage that you can. You know what I mean? You get into football, you're like, oh, I can't wait to grow up and play for Greenock Morton. You know what I mean? No, you actually for Man U. You know what I mean? Um, and that's what being on the WWE Network is. It's getting to do what I love to do on the biggest possible scale, or in front of the the biggest audience that I possibly can. It's it's a, it's the wrestling equivalent of Netflix essentially. Like, and I don't know. I guess it would be the same for an actor to score a to score a big film on Netflix to be on a film on or a, or a series. I guess a series would be more appropriate. Um, to get a role in a series that's going to be on Netflix as an actor, you'd be thinking, "Well, this is brilliant because it opens me up to to so many different different people." You know what I mean? A lot of people say, especially when talking about wrestling, um, they talk about it in terms of how many households it can be viewed in. I remember when when AEW got the the deal with ITV, everyone was talking about it was so big because ITV is available in X amount of households. You know what I mean? Um, and when previously, if you wanted to see me, what I'd done on ICW, you had to subscribe to the ICW network, whereas opposed to now, whereas you can see me on the WWE network, there's a lot more people going to be seeing that, and it's it's going to be available in a lot more households. Uh, I was saying to Emily Hayden, just which blew her mind, was uh, she's, her first match was, like, against, was 30 people in the crowd or something like that, and her most recent match was potentially in front of a million people on the WWE network, and because they signed up to Peacock, they're on the same network as... So you're technically... Will be, if, if they put on the ICW stuff, you'll be on the same network as The Office. See, that's, like, that, that's brilliant, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sitting, I'm sitting at my little brother's computers right now, you know what I mean? He's got all the Office pops, like, lined up in front of me, you know what I mean? And, like, just to to think that I'll be on the same network as, as such a, a huge show, you know what I mean? Like... It's wrestling, wrestling's all about exposure, you know what I mean? You can be the best wrestler in the world, but it doesn't matter, I've known as we are. You know what I mean? Um, I've seen that firsthand with a lot of European wrestlers and stuff. Brilliant, fantastic, no one has a clue who they are. You know what I mean? Um, and being on the WWE Network has just given me as much a chance as possible to, to let people know who I am and what I do and what I'm all about. Absolutely, I mean... Uh, well, as in seven years, you've went from yeah, your first promo in a in a what's looked like a classroom to being on WWE Network. You've travelled the world literally uh, in wrestling. You faced some of the biggest names, past, present, and future uh, in wrestling. So 
I mean, if there's any lesson that anyone could take from this this podcast, this over two hour long podcast, is that that you've got to hustle, and it's that's, that's what you've done. Absolutely, like I'm five foot four. When I started it, I was eight and a half stone. You know what I mean? Like I don't belong here. You know what I mean? Like on paper, I shouldn't have done any of the stuff that I've done, but I've got the biggest brass neck in the world, and I'll know I know how to use it. Um, the worst, if if there's any sort of young wrestlers that are listening to this, and um, first half join the dojo. Um, and then second half, just the worst end they can ever tell you is no. You know what I mean? I, re- I reach out to a hundred promoters a week, and you know how many get back to me? None. You know what I mean? I'll be lucky if I get one reply, and then that one reply will be a no. You know what I mean? But you just you just got you just got to keep at it, keep grinding. Like some people would spend two hours on Grand Theft Auto Online to grind up the level on their character but wouldn't spend two hours sending out wrestling CVs well when you're sending out wrestling CVs that's essentially what you're doing you're grinding up your character so you can get more work and level up you know what I mean and get better Um, brass neck it what they can say is no and if they do ask them again in six months and they might say yeah Uh, so the outside of wrestling, we've got some, we do have some questions that I'll, I'll, I'll get to, and then we'll do the social media stuff at the end. But at the moment, I'm noticing your your Instagram's filled of uh, retro wrestling video games. Yeah, yeah. So is that is that between seemingly doing everything? So uh, <laughs> I think. Well, actually, before I do that, it, it, you're due to be in Italian Wrestling Association's Nations Cup as well, representing Scotland. Yeah. So. Again, was that just, just again one of your CVs went out and it came back? It's like, that's ex- <laughs> exact, that is exactly what happened. They put up, said that they're looking for wrestlers um, for the Nations Cup, and I sent them a CV. I was lucky. Um, I think what had maybe gave me an upper hand was I'd wrestled their champion and one of their other wrestlers um, in Denmark only only a few months ago, or a few months before um, before quarantine um, or lockdown, sorry. Um, so that, that certainly certainly helped out there, um, and yeah, that, that's all there really was to it. I brass necked it, and I got it. Right, so that's fine. I think that's all my wrestling content on. Uh, <laughs> so, so uh, video game collecting is it's just is that that's been your pastime outside of sending CVs? Uh, yeah, like I've always I've always been like big big into games, um, not not just wrestling games, but just just games in general. Um, and when I was young, uh, I really liked um, James Rolfe, the Angry Video Game Nerd. So obviously he had this like huge um, Nintendo called video game collection, um, and it really made me want to get into it. So I collected, I started collecting retro consoles. So um, it started off. My mum gave me her old Super Nintendo, which is now turned into I think I've got just about I've got every Nintendo console, with, barring the Virtual Boy. Um, and I, I, I genuinely, I can't, I, there's maybe one or two sort of home consoles that I'm missing now. Um, I've always been big into collecting, but my, my thing now um, is I'm trying to collect every wrestling game ever released. Um, and I'm, I'm genuinely, like, I, I'm not far off, man. Like, the, I, I, the main ones I was missing were some Japanese ones. And once I realised, the only reason I hadn't picked these games up before um, was... 
because obviously I didn't think I could play them. But then I, I found out that you could use these converters and stuff. Um, so when I realised that you could do that, I just I must have spent about 150 quid just on buying a million different converters uh, so that I'd access to all these games. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's, it's been brilliant. Like I, I never realised that we were like so robbed with some of these like Japanese only releases, especially like the. Um, the New Japan games, like the New Japan games on N64 are brilliant. Um, and I think my favourite one that I've played more recently, like I'd already kind of had most of the, the wrestling games that were released in the West, but uh, the ones that I was missing were the Japanese ones, so these are the ones I've been picking up. And um, the FMW game, there's an FMW game for the, the Super Famicom, which is essentially Street Fighter Onita edition, and it is incredible like uh, like when the, the the sort of ring out you know and you you'd fight them with to the side of the stage just fall off it's like you f they fall into like the the exploding barbed wire and all that kind of stuff it's like a proper old school retro fighting game so that's really cool if anybody wants to to check that out another one as well i've been playing actually was um heroes del ring which was the triple a game which is essentially the if you remember the tna game which is oh, I, I I loved it. A lot, a lot of people didn't like it. Um, it's essentially it's the TNA game with dives, and it, it's brilliant. So check that out if anybody's um, looking for a, looking for a new game to play. Um, but yeah, I just I just started I started posting it on Instagram and stuff. Um, I posted like a couple of pictures, um, and I was like, these are getting more likes than any of my wrestling stuff. You know what I mean? So I've been carving my face up and all this mad stuff for like a year now. All I had to do was post a picture of Hotel Mario, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, but I realised oh, I realised that um, that people liked it, um, and so I just I just kept it up. You know what I mean? I've always been saying that I want to start a channel and I want to uh, review these games, and I think I'll be getting my own place for me and my fiance soon. And I think once I got my own place and got my own sort of space set up for it, I think. Down the line, I definitely 100% will start a, a gaming channel and I will play all of these wrestling games, you know what I mean? So I think that would be pretty cool, um, a channel where, you know what I mean, I will play every wrestling game I've released, you know what I mean, we'll, we'll do it all. Um, but I just want to have a bit of a kind of better space to, to do that in. Absolutely, yeah, I was, I was about to ask you, Twitch, is that, is that seem to be, is that on the horizon? Uh, with, with, all, with all these converters as well. Twitch, Twitch is, during lockdown, has been just everyone's life. <laughs> I, I, feel, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm missing something with Twitch. Like, I don't know, I don't really, I, I never really watch like streamers. I prefer like reviews and like, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so like Twitch was never something I was big into, but certainly, a, certainly a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually been looking into doing a CCW Twitch where um, I'll put some of these wrestling games to use. I'll need to, take them on the plane limit Denmark or whatever. Um, but basically it will be the CCW roster playing various wrestling games against each other. So I, th I think that'll be fun. Um, and hopefully we can get that kicked off um, just as, as soon as I can get back to back to Denmark. Yeah, I, I had my dabble with Twitch uh, during the start of lockdown, the first one, when whenever that ended, I can't remember. But it, it came to the point where I made everyone, including yourself, because I think I ended up yeah. making you in the WWE games most years because... There's nothing much to it, to be honest. Uh, you have to wear a vest, though. I'm I always wear... that, one, that one download is always me. <laughs> uh, you're wearing a vest most of the time because the, the rib tattoo, I'm just like, no, nah, <laughs> they do not. Um, 
but yeah, by by the time I, I I was getting into it, and then half of my roster that I made turned out to be Roggins, so I was like, nah, I think I'm done. Finish with our <laughs> yeah. podcast instead. That, 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 that's how a, a lot of promotions felt. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was losing money out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. So before we move on to the fan questions, what's your favorite dinosaur? The Stegosaurus, because. Nice, nice I like I, I like to to think that pe- other dinosaurs would have shortened it to just steg. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like steg. Yeah, as That's a pretty good reason. Uh, it, it's it's coming close to my my top ones. Uh, turkey dinosaur being the top. Oh, one. that was I, I'm partial to, to a turkey dinosaur. Too. And uh, Luchasaurus is also ah, that was a good one. That pretty was. high one, but no, uh, Triceratops seems to be fairly popular in this this uh, season. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, but we end up, I end up in a, a Power Rangers conversation, so we'll just kind of leave it there. Uh, so the fan questions, Krieger, he's put, there's a lot of just fight ones. Uh, what wins a fight, two sheep or one cow? This has been asked before. I, l- I remember hearing this, you two argue about this before. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to be honest. <laughs> Me and Dick have this, have been having this argument for so long. I can't even remember what side I'm on. Like every single time, it started. It started off as some like we we were we were on like a road trip and some sort of like I think he asked it and the two of us like legit got into a pure argument about it. Um, we like really gone back and forth. Um, and there's like you know the trainees or whoever were in the back and they're all howling. Um, and just anytime we've done a podcast and stuff, he just always always brings it up. Um, and it's, it's genuinely it's got to the point where I'm like I can't remember what side of the argument I'm on I just I let him answer first and then I, I say the opposite, opposite one and tell him that he's an idiot for answering that one <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna go with the cow I think that's usually my answer because I couldn't I couldn't, couldn't imagine two sheep ever winning because my theory is that the cow's just gonna crush folk you know what i mean there's no mm. there's no there's no much in it i mean i, I my gut reaction was too sheep so my i, I don't know how though because i get the cow is bigger but i feel like the sheep can lead them upstairs because you can't get you can get a cow upstairs but you can't get a cow downstairs because the way their knees bend so i'm assuming a sheep could coerce them into like falling <laughs> into a pit of some description <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Jason Hayes asked you, you you have already put more thought into that answer than I ever have. <laughs> like, like I genuinely I just let Deck answer and then go, You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this, this this kind of weird questions that I get asked just keeps me up at night. Uh, Jason Hyde <laughs> has asked, thankfully he didn't ask me this on his podcast because I was dreading he would. Biggest animal you could beat in a fight. Hmm. A blue whale. Would you fight it on land? Yes. What I would do? No, I'd start in the sea. I'd start in the sea and I'd antagonise it, lead it to the beach, where it would then become beached. Then, when everybody's trying to soak it and keep it alive and all that, I'll explain to everybody it's a wrong. You don't bother. 
and then obviously it will eventually suffocate and I'll be crowned the, the king of the sea. You put more thought into that answer than you have the two feet that count. <laughs> <laughs> um, sound logic, can't can't really argue with it. Big Benny asked, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one great collie? I've been all over the world. I've been, I've wrestled in some of the roughest schemes in Glasgow. I've wrestled in mafia-ridden villages in Italy. I do not draw the line at the great Cali. You know what I mean? I've I seen that question beforehand, and I thought, I'm going to use this time to call out the great Cali. That I, that I, I'm, I'm confident that I could have the great Cali. He's, great Cali has been coasting the last few years on the memories of the, the, the Punjabi prison and the rivalry with Undertaker, forgetting that there's still folk out here like me who remember the Punjabi playboy. I was there. i seen it. I know that you've went downhill, and I know you're not the same guy that you used to be. I could have the great Cali. That's the bit I'm going to clip out. So that, that's it. That that's the the sting for the episode. Um, I can I can see it now. Uh, the, I thought I'd said something offensive then. I was like, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's the, that's the bit I'm using. Uh, much like the ADM one with the Dean Ford photo. This this is the one that I'm using for for everyone to watch. <laughs> um, well, I think I've ticked off everything on my list here. So it only took just about. Two, hour, two and a half hours. Uh, so I think I think you might just about reach the the same amount of time that I spoke to Scotty in our second episode, which was <laughs> I still don't know how we filled that much time. Um, right. So where can people find you on social media? Um, so all my social media, um, Instagram, uh, Twitter is at Looking Sharp UK. Um, just looking sharp on Facebook if you're looking for it on there. I've got a like page. Um, anyone looking to join the LKS Dojo can hit up any of my social media. You, you know what I mean? It's it's not it's not that official. You know what I mean? If you want, you can just comment on a post or whatever. I'll send you an invite to the group, or I'll get someone to send you an, an invite to the group. Um, looking sharp TV on on YouTube. Um, if you're looking to discover some new wrestling, looking to discover a new wrestling scene. Then there's an abundance on there. It all features me. So if you're not a fan of myself, unlucky, you're gonna to have to put up with me. Um, but there's plenty of plenty of content on there. There's stuff from WLW in China, which is a lesser known promotion from China. Um, so that's a cool one to watch. You can see me fighting for the WLW title. You can see me on OWE in Shanghai. You can see me in Denmark, Norway. You can see my American debut against AEW's John Cruz. So there's loads of loads of good content on there so give it a subscribe and hopefully there'll be some gaming content on there in the near future as well perfect you, you clearly practice that but perfect <laughs> thanks again for for taking loads of time out of your evening to speak to me no worries at all mate it was it was, it was my pleasure like i'd much rather do a, a, a long form interview like this than a 10 minute interview where it's who's your favorite wrestler you know what i mean like well, well, that could be our last question. And who's your favourite wrestler? <laughs> it's a new um, Jack. Yeah, we're going to Jack. Going to Jack. Cool. That's a good way to end it. <laughs>